when you say not to go too far back third generation mafia family mm. you're colombian yeah you know where my brain goes oh yeah yeah is there any overlap with pablo escobar and and the, the cowboys and all that stuff from the 70s and 80s all right here's the after photo we'll show you guys a couple after photos um and these were taking wednesday bang <laughs> that's the after photo bruce lawn hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, we have an incredible guest for you guys today you are not going to want to miss this As some of you guys may know i have had a fitness transformation of sorts i've lost 30 pounds in 12 weeks and that was a sheesh about eight weeks ago so i've been able to keep it off um and this is the man that's walked me through this walked me through it not just in a pragmatic nutritional sense but in a spiritual uh, addiction mindset level. And we're going to talk about all of it. He's, there's no secrets we're going to keep. There's nothing he's going to hold back. Uh, we're going to get to know his story a little bit. We're going to look at a couple of videos, maybe some reaction stuff with some other uh, fitness influencers in the space or, or just influencers in the space. And without any further ado, we have Coach J.T. Tobias. Is it Tobias how you say it? Tapius. Tapius. Oh, <laughs> man. I keep saying Tobias on the stream. Right, right, right. Uh, Zach, can you turn him up a hair? Because I could tell he's already going to be more quiet than I am. Um, okay. Coach, for folks who don't know you, give us a little bit about your background and where you're from and, and, and how you got into doing this Empty Your Bucket plan. Yeah. So Empty Your Bucket plan has been around for a long time, 23 years to be exact. Um, wait, the, wait, 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 wait. It's your program, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. How are you ah uh, you see <laughs> what in the world this man said 23 years well first of all you got to sleep in the fridge right that's, okay. that's, the, that's the first trick uh second trick is uh nutrition movement but yeah man i've always been into the whole fitness uh you know thing i i, I started playing soccer at a young age started with martial arts transitioned into soccer okay uh went over to europe at the age of 17 played in spain and mexico uh came back here and ended my career here well they ended my career at 2024. 20, so how, how how elite level were you with soccer? So I went to Spain and I was in the division division one uh, La Liga. Okay. Um, but I didn't actually get to play. A lot of things happened when I went to that team for the very first time. That team Real Zaragoza took off. Okay. Right. Um. They won a Champions League and and so they had four foreigners. I'm I'm, I'm originally from Colombia. Okay. So it's considered you know a foreigner. So I couldn't I couldn't be signed on to the team. But I was with, I was playing with, I was training with the uh, first team, and then playing with the the uh, second division team, and uh, I was just kind of they were waiting for transitions to happen and mm -hmm. for me to come in. So I was there for about three and a half years. Okay, and then from there, I wasn't getting any game time. I I uh, got sold over to a team in Mexico, went to Mexico to Guadalajara, and I was there for two and a half years. Had some tricky situations there. Um, soccer there is, uh, uh, I mean, it's a religion. Right. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of money, uh, big television networks own teams, yeah. uh, a lot of uh, um, under uh, sort of under the radar guys. Mm -hmm. Right. And so one of those guys was an agent, my agent. Uh, and some things happened. We got really tricky. I was dating uh, at the time I was dating his 
niece. He wasn't too happy about that. So I got a notice uh, where I had two days to leave the country or else. Oof. So. <laughs> you got um, out of there. Well, that's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I left. Was and, there some stuff like with the cartels and that whole world? Because I'm sure there's some overlap there with, with soccer, cartels, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. He was, he, was, he, he was one of the big, big guys, big names in Colombia at the time. Mm-hmm. And he was there in Mexico doing his thing as well. And, and he was an agent. Yeah, he was, he was just, he's the money guy. Got it. Uh, there were okay. attorneys involved and, and they were the ones calling themselves my agent, but he was the money guy. Interesting. And so, um, yeah, he warned me once. He said, you know, this is not, uh, this is like a daughter to me. You're a yeah. soccer player. I know yeah. what you guys are all about. Yeah. I, I wasn't a safe man at the time. So, you know, uh, he basically kicked me out of the country. Yeah. And uh, he had my player pass. He had all the rights to my pass. So I came back here and tried a couple of things, but it just didn't work out and ended up uh, deciding that it was, it, it was best for me to just go back to school. Got it. And, um, did you, did you, was there a desire to continue being a professional athlete at that point? Yeah. And you just, this kind of happened by happenstance or was it kind of like, man, I'm, a, I'm getting older. My body's wearing out, you know? Yeah. So, so I started to take inventory and at that point I was 24 years old, which for a soccer player, if you're not in your prime, you know, most likely uh, you're, you know, you're left out. Yeah. So I knew that I still had an opportunity to play college ball division two. I couldn't play division one cause I had already played pro. So, ah, okay. <clears throat> so I got some. Op- I had some options there. Went for the options. That was kind of the safe route. And then, um, you know, uh, not, I think like most professional athletes that get dropped off, it, it, I was depressed big yeah. time for nine months. Oh yeah. And um, I had no passion for <clears throat> for anything. But you know, I, I just started to rationalize and think. You know, I have I have some knowledge here that that I've acquired through coaches and trainers, and and I said I can do this, and I enjoy this. Right, mm-hmm. this is my thing. So mm-hmm. I came back to my first love. Opened up a tiny, tiny, tiny studio, 400 square feet in a very gym-saturated market. Um, talking 30 gyms in a five-mile radius. Where is this at? Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida. I didn't know Tampa, Florida was that saturated with gyms. Oh, man. it's, uh, it's, it's I, I saw some crazy statistic about it. It's like the number two most vain city in America. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Spas and salons and gyms. Yeah. And, I like Tampa. I've been to Tampa. <clears throat> Tampa's amazing. Yeah. Tampa's an amazing city. So, you know, I had all the naysayers going, JT, what are you going to do in 400 square, mm-hmm. uh, 400 that's, square that's foot tiny. facility, right? Yeah. yeah. So I knew two things. I knew that I wanted to bring, um, I wanted to bring something competitive to the market and, 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 I, and I needed to differentiate myself. So the way I did that was I was very, you know, I've started to survey what everyone was doing. Mm-hmm. And I noticed quickly that most gyms and the high-end gyms and the high student, you know, the big uh, names mm-hmm. in the industry they were all just bringing people on the floor and training. Mm-hmm. No one was talking nutrition. Mm. I'm like, ah, okay, here's my hook, right? <clears throat> so then I went after that, and mm. I just became you know, obsessed with the idea of hacking people's nutrition plan because mm-hmm. what I kept hearing day after day, people would come through my door and say, you know, I went on keto, I went on South Beach, I went on, you know, I went on macro counting, yeah. and you know, you know, gained the weight back. Yep. So I was like, man, there has to be a way for me to tweak this in a way where general population and the joke became take couch potatoes and make them into super potatoes in no time. Yep. Right? The idea was speed. <clears throat> so we started to really survey all of the different plans that were out there. Mm-hmm. And we just we, it was like a PL statement. This mm-hmm. is positive, this is negative, this is but you know, and then we just took the best of every single fad that was out there. Yeah. And then we solidified and we created sequences. Um you know, for me, uh, one of my big passions is is the idea of of really helping people from a 
from a behavioral standpoint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we added some components to that. Um, that's my background uh, as a as a clinical counselor uh, with a master's degree in eating disorders and substance abuse. So when did that come into play? Because I know you got the master's degree, which is, yeah. again, extremely helpful for right. when you're talking and coaching somebody through this. Mm-hmm. When did the master's degree come into play? So that actually, I took a little while to go back, to mm-hmm. go back to school. Um, so I went to school, got a counseling degree, uh, kind of transitioned into full time into the gym, mm-hmm. working many, many hours at the gym, mm-hmm. 60, 70 hours. I mean, just crazy. This uh, is the hours. gym you were running, the 400 square foot yeah, gym? Yeah. Okay. So I ran that tiny little studio for three three years. Okay. And then we transitioned into a bigger gym. We brought on trainers. We were training all the celebrities in town. Mm-hmm. And and the big, uh, you know, the, the thing that brought everyone in was like, this dude is, is, is transforming people radically, mm-hmm. right? And so I went from being a 400 square foot facility where no one thought I was going to do anything yeah. to people raving and us growing really, really rapidly. And so to that concept, we added um, hit training uh, because we wanted that community component of it. <clears throat> we knew that that was good for um, for people to stay on board and, 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 and create that community that really helps people with sustainability. Yeah. So we added that component to it. We added the nutrition. We started doing challenges, yeah. six-week challenges, eight-week challenges, 12-week challenges. Yep. And man, we just started getting people from Orlando, which is right next to Tampa. Yep. Uh, we would have people come at, from other cities and stay in Airbnbs for three months and do our 90-day. I mean, people Oof. that had you know sure. the means to do that. Sure. <clears throat> and um, yeah, it just exploded. So it sounds like the, the bread and butter initially is you're tapping into... The nutritional side, which is mm-hmm. usually, the, I mean, that's the biggest unlock for most people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And then you're packaging that with this community CrossFit type atmosphere, yeah. but more around hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which got- by the way, I I hate CrossFit. <laughs> Good. You know why? <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like there's never enough equipping on how to do the lifts properly, which then just increases the odds of somebody getting injured. If you talk to any, um, any, any. Any doctor, that, that orthopedic doctor, yeah. will tell you that their their, their biggest um, referral <laughs> service yep. is CrossFit gyms. Oh. <laughs> right? That doesn't shock me at all. <laughs> it's uh, you know, and, and you know, and there's some people that have done great things, and and I don't want to I don't want to throw the CrossFit community you know under the bus, yep. but I will say that they are known for bringing general population and and doing Olympic lifts on day two, advanced level, <laughs> you know, advanced level. I can't even. Uh, what's the one where you? You 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 pop into here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't get this movement, and I've been lifting in high school. You know, like for a long time. Yeah, man. I mean, you see some pretty crazy things. I mean, the videos are out there of people oh, yeah. just doing crazy. I hate watching the videos. Yeah, dude. yeah. No, me too. <laughs> for me, it's it's infuriating, right? Yeah. Because you know, I I want to see people get strong, yeah. and uh, you see them going. You're just like, oh man, it's yeah. just a matter of of time before they break down. Sure. So so we actually went against. We were throwing stones at CrossFit. Okay. From a marketing standpoint. Smart. Right? Right. It was an angle. Um, CrossFit was so popular, and we're like, this is why this is safe. Mm-hmm. This is why this is faster. Yeah. So we combined a bunch of hybrids into what we were doing where, uh, for a little bit there, when I was playing soccer, I was a midfielder, mm-hmm. and I stopped growing when I was seven. So I've always been short. <laughs> and um, I wanted- said, This man said seven. <laughs> I'm like, bro, my son is eight. Is it- <laughs> Is this how I'm, it plays out for certain I'm, people? I'm five. I'm five eight. I stopped growing at seven, you know. And so, uh, you know, I was a little self conscious. And after soccer, I wanted to put some meat on my yeah, bones, so yeah. I started competing. Yep. So I went into the world of bodybuilding, did sure. the whole thing, looked orange for a while, you know, and um, and then I I picked up a bunch of knowledge there. Okay. 
And, uh, but you know, I was coming back to the gym and trying to tell my general population clients yep. like, oh yeah, you know, you, you got to do cardio in the morning, then you got to lift at night and you got to eat, you know, five times a day. And yeah. the typical physicians looking at me, are you crazy? Like yeah. I'm in the OR for 12 hours. I yeah. can't do that. So I was like, okay, this is not going to work. Right. So then I, I, I basically said what works for general population so that they can train like an athlete, mm -hmm. they can eat like an athlete, mm -hmm. but just be normal people. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we took um, uh, circuit training, mm -hmm. which generally doesn't have segmented muscle groups. Mm -hmm. So to, to make it simple, basically on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we would segment muscle groups. Mm -hmm. So Mondays we would do push, chest, push, shoulders. Push, yeah. yeah, push, pull, legs. Right, right. Yeah. No, actually chest, shoulders, tries, core on Mondays. So upper body, up, y upper lower? Yep. So Interesting. All the push, all the push exercises uh -huh. on Monday. Wednesday, legs, core. And then Friday, back, bicep, core, pull. That's kind of like push pull legs, though. right? Right, right. But but then yeah. So yeah. so basically, uh, push on Mondays, yep. legs on Wednesdays, Fridays pull, yep. and then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday full body workouts. Like all the other group training facilities were doing. Okay. So and we when we explained that to people that were coming through the door, we're like, listen, the reason you can't get fit at XYZ gym is mm -hmm. because they do full body workouts all the time, mm -hmm. and that's just not going to cut it. Mm -hmm. You have to segment muscle groups. Mm -hmm. really, you really have to fatigue certain muscle groups in order for that, for, for that muscle to yeah. grow. Yeah. So we had that angle going for us. We were seeing people transform radically, just get ripped. Mm -hmm. I mean, Sally, the 60-year-old Sally, just get ripped. Come on. Yeah. And uh, and then just rave, right? Yeah. I mean, we we, we spent no money and mar no marketing dollars. Yeah. It's all word of mouth. Yeah. And uh, it was it was great, man. It was it was we ran that thing really really well. Yeah. And and again, how much of this are you infusing the empty your bucket plan as we know it now? Oh man, uh, that that was a complete metamorphosis. Like everything has changed. Okay. So it has yeah. changed and evolved. Yeah. Not the. the but, so, okay. Let me, let me rephrase the question. Mm -hmm. How much of the nutritional side were you incorporating to 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 help with the breakthrough? Because there's a lot of folks. You can, I mean. You can get a tunnel gym. You can go and, and go to a regular gym. There's, there's a spectrum of things people can do to, to get stronger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But in, in the sense of like what I experienced doing your program was the ability to rewire my brain around food, mm -hmm. which then makes everything to unlock, right? So back then, when people are coming to, to Coach JT, how much of it is, man, the word on the street is this dude is helping people with the nutritional stuff, yeah. unlike anyone else on the market. That's everything. That was it. That that, that no, was the draw. So so yes, the transformation. Like people, this is what people were hearing. There's this guy in six weeks will transform your body. Okay, right. And at that point, it was a component of resistance training and nutrition. Yep. And so you know we ran the gym, so we continued to run the programs, but yeah. always inside with the with the idea that like man, if I could just put these people on pause uh -huh. and get their their nutrition dialed in and the right kind of cardio. Then we can decrease body fat percentages and get them to lose weight rapidly, absolutely, and then bring them back to the gym, and then and, and they're going to see massive returns on investment. Yep. But of course, everyone was was coming to the gym and like I want to work out. Yep. So then we had some transitions in there because we they, they were obviously on a deficit, and mm -hmm. so we couldn't push them as hard. Sure. So we we managed to work that for a little bit. Um, we ran that pretty successfully, and th things are growing, 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 growing. Unfortunately, Monday through Friday, here I was preaching fitness and nutrition, and mm -hmm. on the weekends I was living a very incongruent life. Mm. Right, I was a man of the world. Um, I, I would say that from the age of, you know, I, when I started playing soccer, seventeen, well, at the high level, seventeen to twenty-four, but prior to that, in the amateurs and stuff like that, mm -hmm. I was well behaved. Mm -hmm. 
not because I was a good guy. I grew mm -hmm. up in a pretty dysfunctional home, mm -hmm. and I had a lot of traumas um, that were just hidden because of soccer mm -hmm. and because of the accountability that I had from coaches and, and teammates. Mm -hmm. You know, I was on a bus or a plane every other weekend, so I couldn't party. I couldn't do any of sure. those things. And I really didn't have a, a, an affection for those things because I just had never done it. Yep. But then when soccer went away, that was a whole different story. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up, uh, so grew up in a third generation mafia family, saw mm -hmm. a lot of crazy things. And uh, when soccer went away, those things just creeped up on me quickly. Mm. And not having uh, any kind of foundation, I just went into the world. I started making money and mm -hmm. I did what, what I was told to do. I was told, I was, brought, I was brought up in a household that said, if you make enough money, you'll be content. Mm -hmm. So I went chasing that hard mm. and, and I got it and I was empty. When you say, not to go too far back, third generation mafia family, mm -hmm. you're Colombian. Yeah. You know where my brain goes. Oh yeah, yeah. Is there any overlap with Pablo Escobar and, and the, the cocaine cowboys and all that stuff from the seventies and eighties? Yeah. So we actually came to the United States in 1978 as a byproduct of a family member of us called Rafiko. Uh-huh. Uh, and he was, he's part of uh, Cocaine Cowboys. Whoa. So he's in the movie, uh, Grisalda Blanco. That was her right-hand uh, person. Really? So that's that's why we came here in 78. Okay. And um, to, to be a part of this operation? You're so, he was a part of this stuff with Pablo and all that? So m my dad was a big guy um, in those times, mm -hmm. in the 60s and 70s. Back mm -hmm. then, uh, cocaine wasn't a thing. Mm -hmm. It was marijuana. Mm-hmm. So he was he was he he basically brought the first uh, contraband here of marijuana mm -hmm. in the six I think it was like in the sixties. Mm -hmm. So that was my dad. So my mom actually left Colombia, running mm -hmm. away from him because he was a madman, mm. right? And so he was aggressive, he was abusive. Sure. So my mom ends up running away with two kids. My sister, who was six six or seven at yeah. the time, I was one. We came here because Rafiko basically you know helped my mom escape. Whoa. And so we ended up in West Palm Beach, and you know, from there we moved to New York. I grew up in New York City. Okay. Um, was your dad in, in a part of the, the the your life as a child? He was not. He no. was not. I came. I came to meet him when I was fourteen. Okay. Uh, interesting character. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is your lineage. You're coming from. Yeah. I mean, this is. I mean, there's Narcos. There's a whole Netflix series about this stuff, yeah. and your family is connected with this. Yeah, this thing. So then it would make sense for you to go the athletic route, the 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 sh kind of straight edge. Let me just have structure for a while, and then you get into your twenties. Yeah, yeah, and you just kind of lose it. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of talented people in Colombia. People in Colombia are very like highly educated. Mm -hmm. Most people are, are high, even even people that come from uh, poor backgrounds. But unfortunately, now it's different because of the internet. There's mm -hmm. a lot more you know possibilities. But back in the seventies, eighties, nineties. You were either a soccer player, mm -hmm. uh, or you you were part of some some one of the crews, mm. um, or you know you were just a professional, but you really weren't making it, mm. right? And so, um, I grew up in New York City. I kind of removed myself. I grew up with so much crazy stuff. House, mm. you know, what homes. part of New York? Uh, so we lived initially in Jamaica, Queens. Okay. Uh, we lived in Brooklyn. We lived in Jersey. Um, you moved around. In we had to move around. Yeah. So we would move every every year. We would move at least three times. Okay. Right, and it was because homes were constantly getting raided. Yeah. So it was it was a pretty you know crazy crazy childhood, and um, I wanted nothing to do with that stuff. Yeah. You know, I did my first, I did, I did my first drug deal when I was seven years old. Mm. Um, in New York or in New York City? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I handed over a bag with, is this okay? Can I be yeah, explicit yeah, yeah. with it? Okay. 
So I handed over a, a bag with 10, uh, 10 kilos of Coke. Right? You. Me, at seven. We're moving Coke. Yeah. Kilos of Coke. So let me explain how that happened. So when you grow up in these families and you're a male, mm -hmm. right, you're expected to learn the trait. Mm. Right? You hear the conversations. You're brought, imagine a seven-year-old being brought into these conversations. Mm -hmm. And all the males around me are either street soldiers or bosses. Mm. So it's a hard environment to grow up in. And what they do is they start giving you little things to do mm -hmm. so you can get confidence. Mm. So I'll never forget, um, it was one of the street soldiers that uh, used to take care of my mom. Uh, his nickname was Chino. Mm -hmm. He looked Chinese, so they called him Chino. Mm -hmm. Colombian guy. He, um, we were in a car and we were, we were doing a drop-off. Mm -hmm. I was just there. And Chino looked at me and he said, um, he said you're ready, are you ready to pop your cherry? Mm. And I just looked at him and he's like, so he, he showed me a wad of money. Mm -hmm. He said, take this bag and run over across the street. Mm -hmm. See that car right there? Hand it over. Mm. And I was and just by myself. And he's like, yeah, by yourself. So I grabbed the bag and I, hand, I ran over, mm. handed it. Mm. <laughs> the other adults in the car were like, what is going on here, right? Mm. They took the bag. I ran back into the car and these guys cheered like I had just graduated college. Wow. You know, and they handed me all this money and that's intoxicating, right? Yeah. That just messes you up. Um, How do you feel about it now, looking back in hindsight? Like, my son is eight. Yeah. And you're describing, I mean, even to say to a seven-year-old, like, pop your cherry, like, that's a very explicit sexual metaphor. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, what, what, like, when you think about it now, you have kids, I have kids. Like, how, yeah. do, how do you process it now? Man, that, that's been, that's a great question. That's been a, a tough transition for me uh, to be able to, through, you know, as a man of faith today, uh, be able to have grace over my mom mm -hmm. uh, because she did it out, out of ignorance. Um, <clears throat> but it's been tough. It's been tough because what you say, you know, I have a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. I mean, I, I keep my daughters in a bubble, yeah. you know, and I, would, I wouldn't even think of ever putting, you know, exposing my kids like that in any way, shape or form. But that was, that was the mindset. That's what they were doing at the time. Uh, you know, she was, she, she made a lot of mistakes and, uh, looking back, I mean, I feel like, you know, I always go back to that scripture. All things work together for those that, you know, love the Lord and are called according, according, according to his purposes. purposes yeah. Right. And Romans so the, 28. yeah. So the Lord has used that in my life big time. Um, I, I can now speak to guys like that mm. with, uh, you know, know exactly what, what they've been through. Yeah. So God has used it, but, uh, you know, I, all of those traumas were, were kind of in the back burner mm -hmm. and then soccer went away. I started, now, now you don't have no structure. Right. Yeah. So I started to make a little bit of money and, uh, <clears throat> I, you know, had the two European cars I wanted parked outside. I was living in one of the most ex expensive, uh, zip codes in America, uh, right on Bayshore Boulevard. You know, at 27, I owned, you know, beautiful condo. I had rental properties. The gyms were, were growing. Things were going well. But the weekends, I would just destroy my body. Mm. And it was, you know, it was back then it was a vodka Red Bull and Adderall. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I hear that there's a lot of folks addicted to Adderall. That's, well, you know, that's, that's like a, is it because it's a type of methamphetamine, right? That's the new cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Yeah, so um, I used to work a lot of hours, and in order to party like a rock star, those were kind of the speed balls, you mm. know. And uh, you know, I take, I pop five, five of those a night, Sheesh. and drink vodka all night long, and never get drunk. Mm. So that was kind of the appeal. It was like I can hang out and you know, and, and do all these things and not get drunk. Yeah. And then because um, the Adderall was offsetting the downer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the Adderall won't allow you to get drunk. Yeah. 
So you can still drink and have a buzz the entire night. Right. Right. And have very articulate conversations and, yeah. you know, not get sloppy. And, and that was, that was appealing. Right. Cause I never wanted to be the sloppy guy. I always sure. had people around me that knew me and stuff. And, and, uh, with Adderall, I guess the appeal for those guys is that they don't have to go to the bathroom 10 times, like with these other drugs. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for a little while, woke up one morning and my heart was skipping a beat. Mm. And, you know, like any other guy, I thought, you know, I'm just being, I'm just being a, a guy. I'm being a hypochondriac. I'll be fine. Like you feel your heart yeah. beating weird. Yeah. It was weird. Cause I would hear plop, 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 and then a pause. And <sighs> in that pause, I would feel like blood rushing oh through my, my head. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah. So it was scary, but, um, I, I just put it aside, went to work that morning, felt horrible all morning long. I was just sick. And, uh, one of my physician uh, clients came in and I said, Hey man, can you, um, can you take my pulse? So he took my pulse and he said, he said, JT, something's not right. He mm. said, you got to get checked out. So I went, I went into a walk-in clinic there in Tampa, right on, on Howard Avenue, walked in. They, you know, plug me into all these machines. <clears throat> the uh, nurse practitioner runs in with the EKG and says, you have to run to the hospital. Jeez. And I said, what do you mean? She said, we can't take care of you here. You got to run to the hospital. So I went to Tampa General, which was, you know, a couple blocks away from there. Got hooked up to all these machines. And um, I remember an Asian, little Asian doctor came in. He was, he walks in and he looks at me. He says, uh, he says, he says, have you been doing drugs? And I looked at him. Like, no, no, just Adderall. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I looked at him and I said, I said, Doc, it's Wednesday. <laughs> As if this were a weekend thing for me, yeah. right? And um, and he's like, he's like, man, you can't do this anymore. He's like, you're gonna have a stroke. Mm. He says, you have an electrical problem in your heart. You have a flutter and a fib. Mm. He says, you can never drink again. Ooh. Yeah. So to be honest with you, I was actually happy that mm. that had happened because I was like, this is this is an eye opener. Mm. I'm never going to do this again. This is this is exactly what I needed to happen. Mm -hmm. Stayed at the hospital for a couple of days. Went home. They gave me an alternative. They gave me three alternatives to go on medication, to get um, a catheter ablation, or uh, to take an aspirin. Mm -hmm. So I'll take the aspirin. So I took the aspirin. Went home. Was still getting off and on palpitations all the time feeling horrible. Anyone that's experienced that, that just makes you feel ugh, horrible, right? Mm -hmm. And scary because your heart's just doing crazy things. So um, did that for two weeks, behaved for two weeks. And two weeks later, I was in someone's limo just getting absolutely plastered. Mm. Knowing that, you know, what that could have, you know, turned out, you know, me dying right there on the spot. But I was trying to numb my pain. Right. I was trying to numb my pain from all like the void I had in my life. It was very confusing because I had achieved all these things. And I was told that if I achieved those things, that I would be happy. But yeah, I was empty, super empty. So I woke up on a Sunday morning, um, mentally, physically, and spiritually hungover. Mm. And I took out a notepad <clears throat> and I started to write a note to my sister. Mm. And in that note, I was telling her I was going to check out. Mm. Right. And I uh, started to write all my passwords and um, as I'm writing, I'm, I'm crying and I'm like, man, this is crazy that I'm going to end my life. But my, my, the way I was rationalizing the, my, you know, taking myself out was, mm -hmm. man, the soccer thing didn't work out. You know, I've built this quote unquote mini empire. This is falling apart, mm -hmm. right? My idol, my, my body, right, is no longer holding up, mm -hmm. right? The girl that I had been dating for five years, Jewish girl who was, you know, from a very rich family in, in Tampa and she walked away and three weeks later she was out with another guy my mom and my sister 
came to live in my little manicured condo and um you know it, it was rough because i had i was running away from them mm. i had been running away from them all my life now mm. they were in my space mm. hey did you know that you can watch videos like this on the spotify app we now are on spotify under ruslan bless god podcast so if you're driving and you want to go back and forth between listening to the podcast and just the audio or watching the video consider doing it now on the Spotify app, as well as all podcast platforms. All right, I'll see you over there. And then all these things just came, and man, it just it was devastating. So I decided to that I was going to take myself out. I'm writing the, this this letter, but I remember this guy that I used to bump into in the elevator. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, I had bumped into him three or, three or four times on Saturdays. I was on my way uh, to getting faded into the night. He was coming back from church with a Bible under his his arm. Mm. And it was always, you know, I was always shocked by that because he was a he was a good looking dude. He had a beautiful wife. He looked genuinely happy, mm. right? I'm like, what does this dude have that I don't have? Mm. You know? And so I would always mess with him. A super nice guy. I'm like, man, we should go out and party sometime. And he's like, no, nah, I left that life behind a long mm. time ago. He said, you should come. You should come to church with me sometime. Mm. And I was like, you know, the typical, <laughs> yeah. the, the un, you know, unbeliever response. The walls will cave in. You know, I can't I can't go there. But I called him and I said, look, man, I don't know what you can do for me, but I, I don't have another two days in me. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, I'm going to kill myself. Mm. And he said, whoa, 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 don't do anything silly. Yeah. He came down, he used to live upstairs uh, from my condo, came, sat across from me and said, let me, he's, he brought his Bible, he opens his Bible and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. And uh, he starts reading, um, he starts reading, he just starts reading out of the New Testament and he's basically sharing the gospel with me. And I looked at him and I said, you're going to have to give me something else because I don't believe in God. Mm. And this dude looked at me straight in the eye as if he were talking to me about gravity, like with that certainty, you know? And he said, uh, he said, he said, he said, God is all I have for you. So I looked at him and I said, what is, what does that mean? Yeah. <clears throat> and he said, what are you doing tonight? I said, well, I was going to kill myself, but if you have better plans, we'll go do that. <laughs> And so, you know, reluctantly, I got in his car and we went up to this church, big, big, big mega church there in Tampa. Actually, it's considered one of the fastest growing churches in America. They have campuses everywhere. Walked into that gym, the, into the, the, the church and saw two things I love. Starbucks and pretty women. <laughs> I'm like, yes. I'm like, this is, this is Jesus. All right. <laughs> I said, I don't even have to buy drinks here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And so I walked in and went into the sanctuary, and um, that that night that um, that pastor did a survey on the Book of Job, mm. and it just it hit me like a lightning bolt, mm. right? To the point where I looked at my buddy, and I was like, "Did you tell this guy what I have going on?" Right? <laughs> and he's like, "No, dude. There's 800 people in this place." Yeah. He's like, "This is this is how God speaks to us." Yeah. And uh, I had everything that, that, that they were saying about Job except, except being a righteous man. And so yeah. I was not serving God for sure. Yeah. Um, so after the service, I looked at my buddy and I said, uh, I said, okay, let's go. He said, no, let's go to the prayer team. Oof. And I said, prayer team. Now, I grew up in a family where men don't cry. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> men don't ask for favors, especially mm -hmm. to other men. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right. So we go up to this, this young guy, looks super, super, super innocent and I'm already judging him. I'm sizing him up. I'm looking at him and I'm going, what is this dude going to do for me? Right. So he looks at me and he says, he says, well, what do we have going on? What are we praying for? And I just unleashed. Mm. So man, I've been up for two days. I've been doing drugs, alcohol, hanging out with strippers. I don't believe in God. I have absolutely no idea why I'm here. And, uh, <laughs> 
I remember he just looked at me like, wow. He said, mm-hmm. close your eyes. He started praying. To be honest with you, I, I have no idea what that man said. I just checked out because I was so embarrassed and mm-hmm. I, I didn't want anyone to, to, to see me in. So yeah. I'm thinking about that, right? But at, at a particular instance, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very reformed in my theology, but in my, my day-to-day, I'm, you know, I, I, would, I, would, I, would be, I would say I'm pretty charismatic in my way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it just, I felt, and then back then I didn't know what I was, where I was or what I was doing, but I felt like I got hit by a lightning bolt. Mm. And this just, just rain of emotions. I just started crying like a baby. And mm. I had no idea why I was crying. So I walk out of there. And as I'm walking out of there, <clears throat> this older uh, pastor who, who passed away, he looks at me and he says these words. He says, why are you crying, son? Mm. And I don't know why, because I never felt like I missed my dad. But for whatever reason, I felt like that fatherly like concern. And I just started bawling even more. And he said, I, I want to gift you this. And he gave me his Bible. Mm. And I said, where do I even start here? And he said, in the Gospel of John. Mm. So I said, where is that? So... You know, he opened it for me. I, uh, I just, I kept, put my finger in the page. And I walked out. My buddy who invited me to church, he, we, we, so he stayed behind. And he says that that pastor looked at him and he saw me walk away. And he said, that dude's going to get it. Mm. He's, he's going to, he's going to get it. I found out about this years later. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I walked out of that, I walked out of that church and progressively my vices, my affections for the world started to fall away. Mm. I remember waking up the very next morning and looking at myself in the mirror. And there was something really interesting that would always happen when I would look at myself in the mirror. I, I would feel shame. Mm. And uh, that morning, I felt different. You know, I felt very different. I felt peace. I felt like a 2,000-pound gorilla had come off my shoulders. And then I just, I, I, I went into the gym. I looked at my business partner and I said, I'm out. Mm. So just like you, that. Yeah. He said, what do you mean? I said, I'm, I'm done. Mm. And he said, man, we've, we've, we've taken so long to build this and... Everything is going so great now. I said, I'm, I don't know what happened to me last night, but I'm, I'm done. Mm. I, I need to go figure it out. So there was a trainer coming in from California who didn't have a book of clients. I sold him all my equipment, all my book of clients for 25K and walked away. Jeez. To give you some context, like one of my pieces of equipment was 25K. Yeah. So <clears throat> I walked away, locked myself in my condo, didn't know for the very first time I would read the New Testament and understand. Mm-hmm. Like for the very first, I had yeah. tried before mm. and, got, and I've gotten very frustrated and threw my Bible across the room. Cause mm. I'm like, how is this thing pow- powerful? I don't even understand. Like, yeah. what are they talking about? Yeah. But you know, God was just really working in me and allowing me to understand these things. And I started to feel this peace that was in, it was addictive. Yeah. Right. And I just went on fire. Mm. So I started to pray and fast and ask God to really recycle a lot of my talents and my blessings because I wanted to serve him. And my prayer was like, I don't care if you put me in a parking lot, but I want to serve you. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, um, I did that for two years. Those were the, the, the two most incredible years of my life because I gave, I, I volunteered to give up my income, which was my idol, my big idol. I sold the gym, which, which was my second idol. <laughs> and, um, I walked away from all my relationships. I deleted 300 numbers out of my phone, people that just weren't serving my new purpose. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I stopped going to the clubs, on obviously. And so Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I would go to church mm-hmm. to keep myself away from trouble because yeah. I knew I needed to do something on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And man, God just started to, to, to 
just pour this knowledge into me. And as a byproduct of that, my life just started to transform slowly but surely. I started to pray for a wife because I gave up completely dating, mm -hmm. right? Um, I gave up dating. I gave up, uh, you know, going out, doing any of those things. I was living on my savings. So I was no longer chasing money. And I felt like God did that for two years to break my dependency on the things of the world yeah. and create all my, and have all my dependency on him. So we did that for two years. I met my wife, uh, met her at a conference. I had been praying hard for a wife. <laughs> my buddy actually, my buddy who lives out here, uh, pointed her out to me. And mm -hmm. uh, we met, dated for four, dated for three months, got married on month four. Wow. It's been 11 years. We have two little ones. Now. Congrats, man. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Were, were you, uh, when you were taking this break from everything, mm -hmm. what were you doing in terms of sustaining yourself? So I had savings. Okay. Gosh, you had that much in savings? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, <laughs> I was crushing it. I mean, I, I, at one point, I had a safe in my house, and, you know, yeah, there was plenty of money in there. Some, some Colombian <laughs> the, drug dealer the, boots. The, huh? <laughs> this the, man got a... <laughs> there was plenty of money in there. There was plenty of money in there. I remember my Jewish girlfriend one time saw, helped me count my stash. Yeah. And she's like, why don't you take your money to a bank? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't trust banks. <laughs> <laughs> so... so um, yeah, man. And, and so met my wife, got married, and then my wife was making more money than me at the time, uh -huh. which, you know, man, bless her heart. She, <laughs> she took a, a, a leap of faith, yeah. but she'll tell you, she, she'll tell you, she didn't believe anything I was saying. She just, she, she wasn't a believer at the time, but she was very receptive to everything I was saying. Mm. And, um, <clears throat> and she said to me, she said that she, she just knew that God was doing something in me and she mm. wanted to be part of that. Wow. So, so what years, how old are you when you meet your wife? So I am 30, so I, so I get saved at 30, and uh -huh. then I meet her right around 31 and a half. Okay. So this is, yeah, this is pretty soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. In the process. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I, I discipled my wife. Yeah. Uh, she, she came to Christ. She got baptized, and um, it, everything happens so quick, man, yeah. so quick. I yeah. mean, we dated for three months, got married on month four. Yep. Um, she'll tell you that for the first two years, she doubted her salvation, hmm. so, you know, all the time she would yeah. leave church and she would cry yeah she's like why well, i just don't feel what you feel yeah and you know and the lord has worked in her and today she's a faithful woman of god and it's awesome it's just incredible faith man so yeah and so then i started praying because i wanted to be a provider you yeah. know i wasn't working and slowly but surely um you know the lord started to open some doors again in the in the fitness industry and not audibly but the lord in prayer basically impressed upon my heart that i was to go back into that industry okay and that i was to be a light in the midst of darkness mm. So we went into right into Soho, like where's that's like the devil's den, all mm -hmm. the clubs, all the bars, all mm -hmm. the, and, and we started Fit Method four one three based on Philippians four one three. Let's go. And um, <clears throat> you know the, um, the 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 thing that I that I wanted to, I, I had no idea how we were going to do anything for Christ in that space. Yeah, no idea. But I started to pray. I said, I don't know, but Lord, I need you to bring some people around me that do know what they're doing. Yep. So man, I met this dude who is. <laughs> Happened this way. Short story. Um, we're coming back from, uh, from, from the movies, my wife and I, one night. She and I had been praying about this coach that mm -hmm. we wanted to bring on board. This guy hits me up on an email, long email. He says, I pass by your storefront every single day, and God told me to go in there. So I just got my certification. So I meet him up at Starbucks, and this is a, this is a modern-day um, you know, John the Baptist, okay. just on fire evangelist. Uh, he was a missionary. He had done a bunch of things charismatic, you know, just, just very charismatic in the sense of like outgoing and that sort of thing. Mm 
Um, <clears throat> and he came on board and man, we, for, for seven years, we ran that place and we, our, our running joke was that we, we would lead more people to the Lord doing squats and lunges than most churches any, any Sunday, <laughs> right? It was a radical move of God. Yeah. People knew what we stood for. We, we held Bible studies. We had discipleship groups in there. This was a gym, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we had pastors coming out to speak and, uh, it was just amazing to the point where <laughs> we used to, we used to say, well, we have these people in close quarters. We might as well, you know, give them something of true value. We're going to yeah. give them the workout and then we're going to give them something of true value. Yeah. So we used to have a, the warm up session, the group training session, and then the, the stretch. And mm. in the stretch, we would give them a little piece of devotional. Mm. Right. And it was interesting because there was always, it always felt, felt uh, tense mm -hmm. because people would get really quiet mm -hmm. and awkward. Mm -hmm. Right. But for a time, we stopped doing it and it overwhelming amount of people would reach out and be like, how come you guys aren't doing the devotional anymore? Mm -hmm. Some of these people weren't even believers. Yeah. So we knew some things were happening there. Uh, we continued to, to grow that, that brand. Uh, things went really well. And then the pandemic came around mm. and uh, you know, 80% of our members said, we want to stay on board and pay our fees because we don't want to see you go under. Yeah. So from a financial standpoint, we were fine. Wow. So, you know, it was a paid two month vacation, <clears throat> but you know, I'm a, I'm the I'm the guy that wakes up at you know three ten in the morning and I go till eight o'clock at night. Yeah. So I was sitting at home twiddling my fingers. I'm like, what do I do? Yeah. And so I knew we had a solid offer from a nutrition standpoint because the transformations. So the hook was come train with us, mm -hmm. but the but the game changer was the nutrition. Got it. So we said, okay, I'm gonna put this out there. Yeah. You know, and I had worked uh, uh, with with a pretty pretty big uh, gym mastermind that taught me a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just, I knew how to sell online. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I hadn't wanted to go out there and do it because I, I was used to the one-on-one -on -one thing, right? Sure. Face to face. So I said, let's see what happens. So I launched, uh, my first six week challenge online and mm -hmm. it's just like whoosh, blew yeah. up. Wow. In a matter of six months, our online business made more money than our gyms had ever made in an entire year. Wow. Just in six months. Come on. With less overhead, no trainers yeah. and, and better results. Yeah. Right. We were getting massive results yeah. from people yep. because we learned that when the fitness component is involved, there's a delay in results. Mm. When we tackle nutrition and cardio, mm -hmm. people lose the weight, get a lot of momentum, create a strong foundation and then thrive from there on out. Because mm. the training part is the easy part. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to train. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, we did that and it's been it's been almost three years since we went online. We never looked back. We sold all the gyms. Mm -hmm about two and a half years ago. Do you miss any of the the, the <laughs> community component? I mean, because that's, that's what you're describing. Let me adjust your mic. Yep. What you're describing... There you go. You got it. Yep. What you're describing sounds like a fun business. Like, yeah. it sounds super dope to have, like, this uh, really dope community of people and all this stuff. Do you ever miss that in-person side? Yeah, so I tell my wife all the time, I, I, miss, I miss being around people. I miss the impact that I was having yeah. over a lot of people. Yeah. We, we saw a lot of marriages restore. Mm -hmm. We saw, you know, guys who were caught up on drugs, alcohol, that mm -hmm. were coming to the gym as an outlet, mm -hmm. trying to do better. Yeah. But they encountered, you know, a guy like me or one of our other coaches where we're like, hey, man, you know, let's go to Starbucks. Yeah. Let's talk. Yeah. You know, and in those talks, we would have these deep conversations. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of videos of, of me, you know, baptizing people in the ocean. Yeah. Members. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then discipling them for a whole year. Yep. Uh, and then plugging them into a local church, yeah. and that's that was our gig. Yeah. We had we had a, um, we we basically knew all the local churches, and we were just plugging people in. Yeah, 
you know, and, uh, you know, just seeing families start going to church mm-hmm. and man, it was so cool. It was, so I miss, I miss that part. Big yeah, time. I bet. <clears throat> but on this level, what you're doing now, you're able to scale faster and, uh, reach more people basically on a, on a national level where it's not just has to be in proximity. Yeah. And yeah. we, we continue to, to, to stay true, um, to sharing the gospel. Yeah. You know, we do that in a very, not in a, we're not apologetic about our faith, but we're respectful, sure. right? Because we have people of all walks of faith that come on to our program. Yep. And the rule is, <laughs> the rule of engagement is they have to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I see what you're saying. So, Because you're there to provide a service correct, for them. Yeah. Correct. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to give you what you came for. Mm-hmm. But if you ask, that's a whole different story. It's good. You open that door, I'm going to walk right through it. That's good. And so, you know, you get close to people. People have adversity, friction in their lives. and. Yep. They get close to you. They yep. they 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 trust you. Yep. So you know, hey, I'm I'm having I'm thinking about getting divorced. Yeah. Wait a second. Let's yep. chat. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's been amazing. It's, it's good. Amazing. That's good. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I want to get uh, into the before and after photos, which mm-hmm. people have not seen. Uh, I want to get into some of the specifics of the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get that, can can you just? I feel like there's two types of people that that I come across. One type of person is someone that has some degree of trauma from their childhood Mm -hmm. that uses food as a cope. Mm -hmm. Um, They've never really dealt with their issues. They've never gone to therapy, Mm -hmm. right? And it it, it is an addiction. It Mm -hmm. is a a dopamine source, right? And there's probably other addictions there, you know? And then there's another type of person that, like, just likes starchy, savory foods that, that, like humans probably didn't get a ton of access to for a while. Mm-hmm. And so there, it's it's not, not necessarily super deep, but the impact can be just as dangerous to their health mm-hmm. if you don't know what you're putting inside of your mouth, right? Uh, what do you think when it comes to this and, and the people you deal with, would you say it's more of the latter? They're just like, they're just ignorant. They don't know what they don't know. It's not necessarily rooted to some sort of trauma that they never dealt with. Or do you say, man, when I'm dealing with people, they open up and they start really sharing all these personal things and you find out food is actually an ad- like an addiction attached to something deeper. Okay. So I know a lot of people are going to go against what I'm about to say, but I truly believe this on experience, right? Okay. <clears throat> Knowing what I know today, I believe everyone is addicted to some extent to food. Okay. And the reason for that is because food is a pleasurable thing. Sure. There's a lot of emotional anchors around food. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you eat with family, friends, people you love, and that creates emotional anchors. An emotional mm-hmm. anchor is anytime there's a big emotion and something happens, you anchor it into your nervous system. Mm-hmm. So what happens is when people actually have friction in their lives, mm-hmm. the innocent drug is food. Mm-hmm. Because the innocent drug. The, the innocent That's drug. That's good. Right? Because the way they justify it, this is when people bring out their apologetics, is like, well, I got to live. Mm-hmm. Right? Why eat pretty clean? Everyone tells you they eat clean. Yeah. Everyone. By the right. way, that, that word, eat clean, is <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Like, well, I eat pretty eat clean. What do you eat, yeah, man? Yeah. Oh, you know, uh, burgers and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> bread and sugar. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, I, but I believe that most of us, to some extent, have a level of trauma, yeah. right? That, that, that is ba- and, and then we utilize different outlets, crutches, or idols in our lives to mm-hmm. alleviate that. Mm. So the, the, the definition of, of an addiction basically is a compulsive behavior that scratches an itch. Mm. That is the practical way to put it. That's good. So when people have stress, mm-hmm. when people have happy, bored, sad, all these emotions cause you to, to eat, to mm-hmm. want to eat. Now, what happens is if you if you knew what to eat mm-hmm. and you scratch that itch with good things, mm-hmm. it's not a bad 
it's not a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the alcohol, like the, the person that drinks alcohol. Yeah. Right. If you have a beer, it's not going to make you drunk. Mm-hmm. But if you're pounding one after another, sure, you're going to get drunk. And that's the problem. Most people don't understand nutrition mm-hmm. because of all the craziness that's out there. Yeah. Right. You, you have, you know, you have uh, macro counting, calorie counting, point counting, uh, keto, Atkins, South Beach, West Beach, North, North Beach, yeah. uh, right, as Pastor E says. But uh, man, you know, uh, it, there's a lot of confusion out there. Yeah. And there's a lot of complexity. Yeah. The brain doesn't like complexity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You give someone something complex and they'll handle it for a little while, but then they'll toss it. Yeah. So simplicity is the name of the game. Have you heard of the, I, I just discovered this and it's so fascinating. Have you heard of the beta region paradox? Beta region paradox. Let me make sure I'm saying that correctly. Uh, yeah, the beta region paradox. I just did a video on it. Okay. It's this paradox where if someone has to go one mile somewhere, they'll walk, right? And mm-hmm. I'm not talking, uh, so so the, the objective is to get as quickly to a destination as mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. So they got to go one mile, they'll walk. If they got to go two miles, they'll drive or cycle. Mm-hmm. So the paradoxically, the longer distance they get there in less time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so the beta region paradox is basically comfortable complacency where it, if it's not that bad, people won't take action. Right. But if it's really bad, mm-hmm. then they're more inclined to For take sure. action. And so you'll stay at a terrible job. You'll stay at 20, 30 pounds overweight, which is normal now. Mm-hmm. You'll stay in in uh, around friends that are potentially harmful to you. Mm-hmm. You'll stay because it's not that bad. But mm-hmm. then the person that actually has it real bad is almost at an advantage to take action mm-hmm. in their life. Mm-hmm. The person that's over 30 pounds, maybe 50, 60 pounds overweight is more likely to take action versus the person that's just like the the, the, the 20 or the 30, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so it's this very interesting where the the, the more work required will often get, it's like someone that gets injured, uh, the more severe the injury, the more aggressive they'll be on their recovery sure. and their rehab. Sure. Yeah, hundred percent. So we're talking about those pain and pleasure buttons, yeah. which are, which are, which are, I mean, that is the driving force of life. Mm-hmm. You're either going to do things to avoid pain or gain pleasure, mm-hmm. right? And so the more pain in your life, the more desirable to, t- to take action, right? And, mm-hmm. and alleviate that yes. situation. Yes. So <clears throat> this is why the people that come into our program and do the best are people that are in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. These are the people that got the bad doctor's reports. They're, they're, you know, all of a sudden now their doctor said, hey, you either change your lifestyle or you're gonna, you know, or or you're gonna go on, ins- you're gonna become insulin dependent, mm-hmm. um, or the person that you know uh, has high blood pressure and hypertension, and mm-hmm. these people, and they just found out about it. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that even, I mean, the statistics are clear that people that have had um, heart surgery or mm-hmm. you know any kind of heart situation, open heart surgery, ninety mm-hmm. percent of them never change their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Initially, they do, mm-hmm. but then once they're okay, they go back to their normal habits. Wow! Right? Yeah. So <clears throat> the idea really is that most of these people are looking for quick fixes that fix the problem in the moment, yeah. but that are not sustainable. So our job inside of the Empty Your Bucket Plan has been to, to kick complex, complexity out, mm-hmm. to <clears throat> um, allow your disciplined muscle to rest. This is where we practice the 80-20. Mm-hmm. And then to throw away counting macros, calories, and points because, yes, those things are efficient mm-hmm. in the short term, but they're just not sustainable in the long term. Mm-hmm. We know that for a fact. Yeah. Even level three athletes will not count macros forever. Yeah. They'll do it for a season. Sure, sure. No one likes that. Yeah. Well, I think it's it also gets <clears throat> to the willpower aspect yeah. because willpower depletes, 
right? And 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 discipline is really the byproduct of a system, mm-hmm. right? Like That's long-term right. system is going to be based, uh, excuse me, long-term discipline is going to be based around a system that you can work indefinitely versus like, I got to white knuckle it and not eat the foods that I want to eat. You could do that for a small window of time, <laughs> yeah. but it's not going to sustain yourself. And again, with this plan, that's what helped me is that it, it what it, like, cause I've done it before, right? I showed you my initial before and after mm-hmm, photos, mm-hmm. but this time around it was like, oh, like the cravings are gone. Yeah. Like I don't have to white knuckle it. Yeah. So <clears throat> James Clear from Atomic Habits, mm-hmm. who's been very, very influential in, in our work, um, says that you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's one of my favorite sayings that he has. Yeah. And it's true. When you look from afar and you see a disciplined person, what you're seeing is a person, number one, who doesn't spend a lot of time around temptation. Mm-hmm. That's why they're disciplined. Yep. yep. <laughs> Meaning that discipline is not a predisposition. Mm-hmm. It's actually learned. Yep. It's like having rhythm. Yeah. When I was a kid, I didn't know how to dance. I learned yeah. how to dance. Yeah. That's You can learn that. Yeah. So everyone can learn to be disciplined. Yeah, and the good. way you become disciplined is by having systems in your life. Yep. So forget about the goal. Mm-hmm. The goal is clarity, but it's not power. Mm-hmm. Power is the ability to take action. Yeah. The way you take action is through strategy, right? Having a yeah. system in place. Yes. So when you have a system, now you don't have to, the brain loves it because you don't have to replicate, <clears throat> you don't have to think hard. You don't have to deplete all this energy yeah. having to think, how do I do this or how do I do that? Yeah. You just know what to do because you have a system in place yeah. and then you follow that system yep. and then you follow it long enough until it becomes automatic. Yeah. So yeah. if you say no to the chips long enough, yeah. there will come a point where you just don't want the chips anymore. That's a fact. That's a fact. Okay. So uh, <laughs> should we show the before and after or should we get into the system? What do you guys think? Chat? I, We're going to do questions and answer at the end. There's a handful of people from our <clears throat> online community in the chat. We'll do questions and answer. If you have a question now, just drop all capital question and I'll pull them up on the screen uh, for Coach JT in a second. What do you think? We should, we should we show the before and after? Uh, I think I think we should definitely show it. All right. So, <laughs> what, gosh, man, this is, a, this is a humiliating before and after. No, okay. So, I'm going to show them the before. Okay. Now, this photo was taken on, um, this is like right before Christmas. And I remember not feeling great. And I also remember thinking to myself, if I can get if I can get through Christmas, right, uh, and the holidays and my birthday, the, and, and do this program and not cheat, mm-hmm. then then I'll be able to sustain it indefinitely. And I also remember doing it made me so angry that I couldn't eat the foods I wanted <laughs> that I said, next Christmas, I'm gonna be in, I'm gonna be so shredded that I could eat exactly what I want. That guy right there didn't have a system. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> that that guy did not have a system at so least- this is me i'm five ten and a half and this is me at 204 205 pounds ish i would fluctuate between 195 and 200 all right and mm-hmm. and and i've strength trained for a very long time so so i got i have some muscle definition in my chest i'm not like a scrawny guy sure um, and again, I've done this before, not like this though. Okay, so now let me pull up. Go ahead. Did you, you, you want to add anything? Roast this photo. Go yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that. That's the uh, that's the perfect dad bod right there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my face. Look at the defeat in my face, man. <laughs> the guy's like, "Give me a donut." I just feel defeated. <laughs> and like you know, the crazy part is, I kept starting and stopping. I would do the calorie counting thing. Mm-hmm. I had the app. Mm-hmm. We we get meal preps delivered to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just I the cravings of the foods that I wasn't supposed to eat were so bad that like I I it was like my brain would just get hijacked and I would make terrible decisions with food. Yeah. So 
this is a big one, right? So one of the things that has differentiated us and set us apart from, from a lot of the programs out there, I'm not saying we're the only ones, is the fact that we have, we, we look at weight loss. We look at people being overweight yeah. as a dependency, mm-hmm. <clears throat> not a character flaw. It's just simply a dependency. Mm-hmm. Dependency on what? High insulogenic foods, foods that yield a lot of insulin, right? Your, your typical starchy carbohydrate is very addicting because anything that secretes dopamine makes you addicted. Mm-hmm. So think about it. When you eat starches, you get this burst of insulin that takes your, your insulin from zero to 10 in, in no time. Mm-hmm. So if you're having a bad day, you're stressed at work, and you eat something, momentarily, you feel good. Mm-hmm. And that's what your brain is looking for. It's looking for that hit, that constant hit. So the reason most people yo-yo diet is because they've never overcome their addiction. I recently put something out saying, the reason, in one of my, one of my videos, I put out something I said, the reason uh, you, uh, fruit is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And some big fitness guy said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You, and the reason he says that is because he's only, he's only thinking numbers on the scale. Yeah. He's not thinking cognitively what's happening to people when they eat these things. Right, right. So from a, you can eat fruit all you want and lose weight. Yeah. Right? That's not the problem. You can, you can eat Kit Kat every day as long as you count your macros. We've, talk, we've talked about this, yeah. right? Yeah. But the difference is really putting yourself, and, and we have the same process that any addiction therapist would have with any kind of crutch, mm-hmm. idol, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and that is to put people through abstinence. Mm-hmm. You cannot get away from a dependency without going into a, a season of, of abstinence. Yep. Abstinence from what? We want to make sure that we're resetting your taste buds, mm-hmm. number one. Yep. Number two, we want to make sure that we reset your brain's reward pathways. Yes. So that you you have an overdose of dopamine yep. that is provided by your phone, by mm-hmm. social media, by the things you eat, mm-hmm. by your you know all the things how you, how you get dopamine hits. Yeah. So what we're looking to do is we're looking to take it from from let's say scale zero, none, ten, all the way. Yep. We're looking to take your dopamine set point from an from an eight or nine mm-hmm. when it comes to food and bring it down at least to a two or three, mm-hmm. because then when you can rationally think to, through these things, you yeah. can make better decisions. Yeah. Now you don't have to willpower your way all the way through. That's yeah. why this is so sustainable. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, you guys ready for the after photos? All right. Okay. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Linda, listen to me. I don't want any freaking comments <laughs> about causing any of you. 80% of our male audience to stumble, okay? You you are being warned right now, okay? I don't, because I, by the way, the whole like causing people to stumble, JT, it's seldom is it women. Mm-hmm. It's other dudes talking mm-hmm. about some other woman somewhere that's a hypothetical mm-hmm. that's going to cause somebody to stumble. <laughs> this is for inspirational purposes only. You have been warned, okay? We're going to show you an after photo, Okay. This is for inspirational purposes only. If I get one of these freaking comments, you're going to get blocked. Okay? All right. Here's the after photo. We'll show you guys a couple after photos. Um, and these were taking Wednesday. This isn't... I, I haven't been sitting on these for a while. This is taking Wednesday. All right. Here we go. Bang. <laughs> That's the after photo. Wow. Look at the difference in the face. Okay. Guys, serious. So what's awesome about this and you told me this was going to happen because we would eat a lot of protein mm-hmm. uh you had me eating eight ounces of protein three times a day mm-hmm. which is a lot of freaking protein so it's, it's, it's an obnoxious amount of protein yeah 
I was able to maintain the muscle <clears throat> from this photo. I actually didn't lose much size on my arms yeah. or my chest. Hmm. So the so the muscle was maintained. Um, the fat was gone. And this is me now uh, at about 171, 172. I fluctuate now between 170, 174. Mm -hmm. um, and so th this is this is Wednesday. This We just took these. I'll show you guys another photo. Okay. And this is this is not uh, I, I've done shoots before. This is I didn't take a diuretic, I didn't uh, did, did, didn't do nothing crazy in these photos. This is just we showed up. Zach brought a light to the gym. Um, I, I got a pump going, and boom, this is thirty pounds lighter. And I feel like I look bigger, especially in this right photo. Yes. I feel like I look bigger in this photo. So the, this whole notion that like. You can't uh, lose fat and gain muscle. I may have not gained strength. Like I'm probably not getting down and benching, you know, uh, repping, uh, you know, 155 on an incline bench. Like I'm probably not doing that right now. Mm -hmm. But the muscle aspect, in terms of just pure volume of muscle, that I feel like I, I that was able to maintain most of my muscle. Yeah. So, so, so the big, um, the, the thing that scares people when they come on is. And we tell them, hey, can you please put aside for six to eight weeks the, the resistance training part yep, yep. is that, man, am I going to lose muscle? Sure. Right. That's I mean, literally, that is nine out of 10 times the thing people ask me. I think you asked asked me that. And, um, you know, what's interesting is that we we know for a fact that even in studies with people that do extended fasts, mm -hmm. right, there's a guy somewhere that I heard the other day that will fast 100 days out of the year. He stopped recently because he, he realizes, you know, that that's not the healthiest thing to do. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, they found out that the best um, time to fast is 40 days. I wonder who came up with that. Yeah. Right? Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but, but then they also, in these studies, they realize that people that have, that have done extensive fast. Now we're not fasting here. We're, we're bringing in proper nutrition, yep. Yep. but the people that are fasting are not losing any muscle mm -hmm. when they're well hydrated. Mm. Right. What they lose is sort of that pump, right. Mm -hmm. that, that the nitrogen reten retention or whatever. But once they start lifting again, mm -hmm. Right, they they look pretty massive, and the reason for that is because when you lose body fat percentages, when you get rid of uh, water retention, mm -hmm. you actually see your 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 muscle bellies more than ever before. Mm. Right, so yeah. you look bigger. Yep. This is the whole illusion of a bodybuilder. Yep. You see bodybuilders on off season, and they're massive. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're you know these six foot one guys, two hundred and thirty pounds, and they yep. shred down to one hundred and eighty five. Yeah. And they look massive on stage. You're like, how do you take someone who's 230 pounds on off season who looks massive and then make them look bigger at 185. Yep. How does that happen? Yep. It's an illusion. Yep. 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 That's good. Okay. So let's go through the program. I'll walk you guys through it. Uh, and then you, you again, no secrets here. No right. Secrets. And if you guys want to bring on Coach JT, we'll have a, a link for that. Um, this is all in your book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. and, but but you you know I brought you on as a coach, mm -hmm. and you were able to walk me through this. It was a bit customized, but I'll walk you through why I like this program because I've done Paleo uh, slash Whole Thirty before, mm -hmm. um, and what I gathered, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that this program was the best of all the programs. That's right. So I was basically doing Paleo in that I could. We weren't doing grains. We weren't doing sugar. We weren't doing bread. We weren't right. It was it was no starchy stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, excuse me, but then but then it was keto because I was in a slight ketosis. Yet I wasn't doing dairy and bacon. Okay, and and I was intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like all three of basically the meals at the same time. And so yeah. the first phase was the hardest. Right, Recent. but I enjoyed it because I just learned to love 
what what I was told to eat. Eight ounces of chicken three times a day with a protein shake. And then the only carbs I was getting was from non-glycemic, starchy carbs. Broccoli, cauliflower is where I was getting my carbs from. Fibrous carbs. Fibrous carbs. <clears throat> uh, leafy greens. And then I would use a Primal Kitchen salad dressing, mm-hmm. uh, which which was kind of my, my healthy fats. Mm-hmm. Down the road, we incorporated avocado. Um, and we weren't doing dairy. We weren't doing grains. We weren't... I mean, there's it, a lot of stuff we weren't doing in phase one. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, and then a gallon of water a day. And then my last meal would be at seven. First meal wouldn't be till 10 Mm a.m. That was the plan you had me on with a protein shake of the, uh, I forgot the protein you had me get. Um, I didn't do a lot of like the sugar-free condiments and all that other stuff because that stuff was just gross or Mm -hmm. the, the, um, sodium-free salt. salt. Like that stuff just didn't work. I honestly, you know what the hardest part was? I missed salt. I missed my Himalayan salt. That was the hardest part. Right. The 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 cravings of the starchy foods and the sugar, <clears throat> I had maybe three days of like, oh my gosh, I feel like death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once all that detoxed out of me, mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, I feel great. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a I'm I'm more aware. The clarity and my <laughs> mental was amazing. I feel so much more clear now. Right. So it was that uh, I brewed all my yerba mate, which by the way, Coach uh, JT is drinking um, the new uh, stevia based yerba mate the peach flavor by guyaki i i drink yerbas now which are both 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 stevia based so um i had to brew all my own caffeine which was which was annoying if i'm <laughs> honest with you um but that that was mainly the plan for the it was a while you yeah. know i did that plan and then you had me going into uh carb cycling Mm-hmm. Which was every other day I could have starchy carbs. I think it was once or twice a day. Slow digesting carbs. Slow digest. Excuse me. That's still, yeah. Um, so sweet potatoes or yams or something like that. Um, and then after that, it's eighty twenty maintenance. Yeah. Which like I went out for Mother's Day. Yeah. I had some chips and guac. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like yeah. I I can I can eat normal when I'm out. <laughs> I could have the foods I want to eat. Mm-hmm. And then basically what happens is if I balloon up to past one seventy five, I just go right back down to phase one. Boom! Yep. Broccoli, ch- chicken breast. Yeah, you know, uh, avoiding the starchy carbs, mm-hmm. and and then twenty percent of the time, I can eat what I want. Yeah. So that was your approach, right? Yeah. And and everyone is different, by sure. the way. Uh, a lot of it has to do with likes, dislikes, times you you eat, yep. whether you're a good faster or not. Not yep. everyone is a good faster. Sure. Um, so what determines a good faster is someone who can fast for 16, 22 hour protocol and mm-hmm. then come back and, and not take out a small village, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the thing with a lot of these fasters, they fast and then they feast mm-hmm. and then they wonder why they don't, they don't lose weight. Yeah, Cause you're still in fasting. a caloric surplus. Oh, yeah. 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 So, <clears throat> you know, the idea, um, what you mentioned there was initially in phase one, it's reset. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> reset is the most conservative phase mm-hmm. in our program, mm-hmm. right? The idea there is not just to shift the scale, mm-hmm. but actually to shift your brain, mm-hmm. right? Hence the reason you said what you said. You said, once I got through the first couple of days, that f- that process we call fat adaptation, mm-hmm. when you actually go from burning sugar to burning fat, mm-hmm. you feel crappy in, the, in that time. But then um, once you once you come out of that, you, you get increased energy, mm-hmm. awareness, mm-hmm. right? Your taste buds are super alive. So mm-hmm. the sugary, salty things that you used to eat before, you mm-hmm. no longer like. Yep. That's a game changer. Yeah. Because at that point, I don't have to tell you, no, I, I no longer have to tell you, don't eat this or don't, don't eat that. Mm-hmm. Your, your affections have changed. Yeah. yeah. And that's super powerful, yeah, right? Yeah, things, things <clears throat> taste so much sweeter now. Yeah. It's like overwhelming. Overwhelming, the, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and then yeah, the stuff that's super savory is also overwhelming now. 100%. So 
the the idea there in phase one is not just the, the phase one is a big shaker and mover from a physiological standpoint, mm-hmm. from a cognitive standpoint, mm-hmm. and and dialing in your systems, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of things happen there in the first six to eight weeks. Everyone is different, so we you know time timelines are very different. Yep. But let's just say for the most part, it's six, four, and two. Mm-hmm. Six weeks of reset, mm-hmm. four weeks of, of of reboot, and then three week or two weeks of Excel. Mm-hmm. Excel is your maintenance phase, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> so what we're looking to do there is initially we take out starches, right? Mm-hmm. So we move starches out of the way. We bring in fibrous carbs, mm-hmm. plenty of fibrous carbs, and that's because we don't want to spike the blood sugar. Everything that you eat spikes some degree insulin. of blood sugar, yeah. but but not to the point where. <clears throat> but we're looking for for um, we're looking for fibrous carbs, which have a very low glycemic That's response, right. Yep. right? Same thing with protein. Mm-hmm. The, the, the reason we can get away with, with protein is protein is one of the great properties in protein mm-hmm. is that it's very satiating, mm-hmm. but it doesn't spike a lot of insulin, mm-hmm. right? So it, it keeps us full, and hence the reason this is how we mitigate uh, the hunger mm-hmm. oftentimes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we also bring in good fats mm-hmm. because fats are a more reliable source of energy than, mm-hmm. than carbohydrates are. Mm-hmm. See, people think this is the slight <clears throat> ketosis part. Mm-hmm. Yep. People think that they need a, a ton of starches in order to have energy or mm-hmm. feel good. That's not true. It's so not true. Not, I don't have that many carbs <clears throat> now. Right. And and so the reason you need so many carbs is because you're addicted. Yep. But once you get over your addiction, you realize you don't need as many, mm-hmm. but you need to bring in a source of fuel. Mm-hmm. The most reliable source of fuel is good fats. Mm-hmm. Olive oil, coconut oil, avocados, yolks. Yep. Um, I love Udu's oil, mm-hmm. omegas 3, 6, and 9. <clears throat> Super powerful, keeps you satiated. You don't have the cravings. You don't crash. Um, you actually have more energy. I have people texting me all the time, man, I don't need my my, my mid-afternoon coffee anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel great. Mm-hmm. I go all day. I have people that call me and say, man, I can't even fall asleep. I have so much energy. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah, we call that. Uh, we were calling that Tiger's Blood in Whole Thirty. <laughs> that phase is called Tiger's Blood. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I think the 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 entire program was amazing. Um, I've gotten your book for a bunch of folks that are like, oh, they may not be able to bring you on as a coach, but mm-hmm. like read this. Right. And I think that it's something that I feel like has a solid on ramp for most people. Yeah. Most people can walk through this now. There, there is prep. You gotta, you gotta be ready to meal prep. Sure, you gotta have your chicken ready. You gotta have your food ready. You can't. You're not gonna wing this. Like you gotta be prepared. And then I'll, I'll tell you about my, my first mishap. But if you want to add to anything in terms of the prep for it, yeah. So I walk with people. I, I work with people of all walks of life, right? I walk with the busy professionals. And I say I just don't have the time to meal prep, mm-hmm. right? I disagree. Everyone has the time. You know, we make time for whatever is is important. But mm-hmm. that being said, you know, we've teamed up with meal prep companies. It's, it's doable through meal prep companies. Uh, we pride ourselves in saying that we teach people how to meal prep in 60 to 90 minutes a week, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, come on, everyone has 60 to 90 minutes. So we teach them how to do that inside of our orientation. We have the PDFs on how to do that, on how to eat at restaurants mm-hmm. and how to eat at planes, airports, holidays, weekends, peer pressure. How do we deal with all those things? How do we get healthy? You know, uh, uh, while, you know, we have a, an array of people around us that are just being crazy with food and mm-hmm. putting food in front of us. Right. So, um, we, we've worked all the angles and all the components that we know are very challenging for people. So yep. yes, I would say that if you meal prep, you're, you're, I already, I know that people that meal prep, 99% of them do amazing on the yep. plane. Yep. If you're having to figure it out every single time you, you have to eat, most likely you're going to fall into some mishaps. Because you don't got the systems. Yeah, you have to have food on deck, yep. right? You have to have food on deck. I would say you have to eat before you're hungry sometimes. Okay, so that's another part, right? So bro science says that you have to eat every three to four hours to keep your metabolism fast. Yep. That's a lie. Yep. It's not true for everyone, mm-hmm. right? For most people, actually. 
So the reason we eat, we're eating every three hours and not going more than four hours without eating, keeping that cadence Mm -hmm. is because we don't want people to get overly hungry Mm -hmm. because when they get overly hungry, Mm -hmm. they make mistakes. Start doing stupid stuff. Right. Right. So, so it's kind of the same concept of the, um, of, um, an IV, mm-hmm. right? You have that cadence, that drip. Mm-hmm. That drip is basically to stabilize you, right? Mm-hmm. This is what we do every three to four hours is stabilize you so you make better choices. You're yep. never over hungry yep. and your willpower is way better. Yep. That's good. That's good. Um, is there anything we're leaving out? I mean, there's a lot. The, you know, Let me but, tell you about that, my mishap. Sure. So mishap number one, uh, I'm a month into the plan. We're moving to this place. We just moved in January. Mm-hmm. We're moving. I don't have food on deck. It's just, and I'm like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to cheat. Like I'm go- I know I'm going to cheat. It's been a month. Mm-hmm. I think I was down maybe like 10, 15 pounds at that point. And you're like, Hey man, like you really shouldn't cheat until mm-hmm. you got like a solid 20 pounds on under your belt. Right, right. And I was like, but I don't have nothing to eat. And so I went this, so we moved from San Marcos to Vista. This is a new area or was a new area for me. I didn't really know any of the food spots. Mm-hmm. And I end up going to a Mexican place, which oh is Southern California, <laughs> man, Southern California is known for our Mexican food. I ended yeah. up going to a Mexican place and I have. Uh, a California burrito, mm. which is carne asada, French fries or potatoes, and a lot of salt, guacamole, and uh, maybe some sour cream, maybe not salsa fresca. And man, I felt so terrible, and it was such a want, want, want. Like mm. I was just like, ugh. Yeah. And I didn't get the email from you on the the stuff stuff will fall in the spam on how yeah. to eat out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And since then, I. I, my 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 go to meal when I'm on the when I'm on the go is chipotle mm-hmm. salad bowl, double chicken, one steak, mm-hmm. guacamole, mm-hmm. and sometimes I have a little bit of cheese, mm-hmm. and I will literally tell them a little bit of cheese. Yeah, that is the 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 the, the, the cheat meal now, mm-hmm. or if I don't have meal prep, and that completely alleviates all of it. So it's like mm-hmm. I didn't know how to eat out, and then like once I figured that out. Then I was like, oh, this is a game changer. Mm-hmm. Like I could just have Chipotle when I'm out. And they're everywhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we had a whole controversy of Chipotle is better than uh, Chick-fil-A because of the avocado. I saw that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think one of the things that we haven't we we haven't touched on is the fact that um sodium, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the deal with sodium? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people all the time are like, well, what's the deal with sodium? Why are we taking sodium out? Was it okay? Let me ask you this. I just thought it was a psychological thing. I just thought if I'm not having sodium, that the number's gonna go down faster. I'm gonna build that momentum. It's like the debt snowball following Dave Ramsey's plan. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, oh, I paid off a credit card and I paid off another credit <laughs> card, right? Yeah. And so the psychology of the debt snowball mm-hmm. makes you more excited about it. So I just thought it was more of a psychology thing, in part. But truly, um, the the idea behind eliminating sodium in your first six weeks has more to do with the fact that when your brain doesn't have sugar, it craves salt. When it doesn't have salt, it craves sugar. Mm, right. Interesting. Okay. So, so your brain is, I mean, it's, it's a machine. It can segment things and it knows where to get, how to scratch the itch. Mm-hmm. So if you cut out the sugar, you start getting all these cravings for salt, mm. right? You cut out the salt, you get all these cravings for sugar. Interesting. So if you cut out the sugar and the salt, yeah. you starve it. Yeah, that's good. So now you no longer really need it. And then you reset your palate mm-hmm. because that's what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. The reason you eat what you eat is because you've developed, right, that 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 flavor for that taste for it. That's good. Right? Yep. You've acquired that taste. Yep. You have to de-acquire that taste. Yep. 
and that could be done, but it takes a little bit and you have to, you have to take yourself into to that, that, that point of abstinence from sodium. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That has to happen. That's helpful. And then I would say not strength training was weird. Yeah. Not strength training was weird. And I'm, and I'm <laughs> just now really getting back in the groove of like consistently strength training, but I just learned to love the hour on the elliptical brain checkout, throw on a show or watch some YouTube stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, got, I mean, I was going sometimes six, seven days a week. Cause I, cause I just, I just enjoyed that, and I'd never done that. I, if I'm honest, I've never done because you said uh, my heart rate was between 115 and I think 135 was the yeah, top slow, end. Slow burn cardio, yeah. yeah. Slow burn cardio. Okay, so this is an interesting part. This is a very controversial thing that we do. That often most coaches, gurus, fitness people are like, "Can't hey, believe your coach is telling you not to train, not to strength train." Okay, well, I get that part. I train myself three, four days a week. I love training. I'm an advocate for training, mm -hmm. but there's a place and a time for everything, mm -hmm. right? You, we are very limited. In, in the mental energy that we have. Our bandwidth is limited, mm -hmm. right? It's not unlimited. You sure. wake up. Uh, I always use the, the example of the phone. Mm -hmm. You go to sleep, you plug your phone in. When you wake up, you have a full charge. As soon as you unplug it, you start emailing, texting, calling, yep. you deplete that energy. Yep. Same thing when you wake up. You wake up, you deal with your kids, your wife, your, 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 your business, you start depleting energy. Mm -hmm. So if you go into this plan and I tell you, you got to work out three days a week. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's your plan. Mm -hmm. By the way, you got to segment these muscle groups. Mm -hmm. These are the exercises. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you train like this. Make sure you train like that. And then on top of that, you have to do um, your, your cardio. Here's how you do your cardio. Here's your heart rate. Mm -hmm. Then on top of that, I tell you, here's how you have to eat. Mm. And that it's drains a lot. And yeah. you still got to go to work. Yep. Right. So it's too much. Yep. But instead, if I give you the thing that's going to bring the biggest return on investment in the shortest period of time, mm -hmm. and I have you laser focus on that, then we build a really strong foundation, and then we transition to the fun stuff, mm -hmm. right? But the mover and shaker is nutrition. And so that's the basis of it. Now, I have people that come on my program all the time and say, I train, and I'm not going to stop training. Yep. Okay, we can make adjustments. Yep. Just know that you're going to have lots, lots more uh, temptations, triggers, and all those things yeah. because you're going to be overly hungry. Yeah, because well, of your caloric output. I was going to say because strength training uh, seems to trigger the cravings more often. Well, you're just you're burning more calories, so you're yeah. going to be you're going to be hungrier, yeah. right? Yeah. On top of that, a lot of people will say, "No, I can still train and and not be um, not be hungry," yeah. right? But something really, really tricky happens, and that is that you either eat consciously or subconsciously. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many people on a weekly basis when we check in will report and their numbers don't look right. Mm -hmm. Now, I've been doing this for 23 years, so I have like I can literally x-ray your diagnostic questions, mm -hmm. see it, and know exactly what's happening. Mm -hmm. So I'll see people with perfect a perfect uh, diagnostic question. Because yeah. that, that's what you send us on Saturdays yeah. and we go over it. Right. How do you feel? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, how many cardios would you eat? But all the different questions, right? And then I'll see a perfect diagnostic response, but then your numbers didn't move that way. Mm -hmm. And then we'll start asking questions. Well, do me a favor. Show me your journal. Or, hey, did you, you know, can you tell me what you're eating? And then sure enough, the two big foes are either condiments or fats. Mm -hmm. They're overdoing fats or they're overdoing condiments. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, you know, when you overeat uh, condiments and sodium, a lot of it is water retention, mm -hmm. which we're not really concerned. I mean, sure. you can lose water water retention in a day or two. Yep. Um, but the idea there is that all of a sudden you start bringing that, those condiments in, you're not losing weight, you start to get disappointed. Yep. And so as, you know, to piggyback off what you were saying, the whole psychological piece plays an important, important part. Yep. You know, one of my big teachers, Alex, Alex Hermosi, and, and he, I, I was part of you know one of his masterminds, he would teach that one of the best ways to get people to do something is to show them quick results immediately. Yeah. Right? The faster you can show someone results, the faster they become a believer. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, that has been the core of our, our offer. Yeah. Hey, in 
eight days, <laughs> I will help you feel and look better than you've ever looked on any other diet. Mm -hmm. In 30 days, we can radically, you, you'll have to get you know, a new wardrobe. Mm -hmm. And in 90 days, you won't even recognize yourself in the mirror. Will they look like me? <laughs> Will they look this good, <clears throat> JT? I, I believe so, man. <laughs> I believe so, yeah. I mean, this is radical for, 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 for 90 days, three months. 100%. That's a, that's a, yeah, it's massive. And that's not a finished product. That's I, not. I, I, I still you. got another, I would say about five to seven more pounds to go. Yeah. I want to lose the last little bit of this little... Uh, this little gut right here body fat yeah yeah if i can get under under i say 12 percent. what do you think what do you think body fat is at, the, at this at this weight i'm one seven so i'm between 170 172 i'm five foot ten and a half yep if you had to give me your your assessment yeah i'm pretty close i mean i'm i'm and they, they have called me the human dexa scan so okay um i would say just from looking at that picture you're probably <laughs> you're gonna hate me for this but i think you're probably right in that in that 17 16 percent <laughs> a lot of people will see themselves like that and they'll yeah. call me and say oh i'm about 10 percent yeah. mm, not necessarily so for me i would need to lose another what'd you say about five about 165 one, get, get get under 165 ish and then start um start adding muscle like start really intentionally trying to get in a slight surplus or do we stay in a yeah. slight deficit so i have people that I can tell you without the name, I'll tell you exactly this. I have someone that's going through my program right now. Mm -hmm. We got them to, to their fighting weight, meaning they don't need to lose any, any weight. She's super, you know, she's short for a female. She's about four three. So mm -hmm. she's really short. Mm -hmm. She's down to a hundred pounds. She started like in the high one twenties. Okay. She doesn't need to lose any more weight. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> she texted me this morning. She said, I still don't like the way my stomach looks. Mm -hmm. And I said, you're right. Because the first thing to leave is, is pounds, mm -hmm. right? You lose weight, mm -hmm. but then body fat is a whole different story. Mm -hmm. That takes a little longer. Mm -hmm. See, this is what prove, you know, proves to, 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 to show the people that are really committed. Yeah. So you're going to see the ultimate results from that picture mm -hmm. with consistency in six months. Wow. And when I say the real results, you will literally look like you can jump on stage. Okay. But it takes consistency. Yeah, a lot of people crack at that point, yeah. or they become complacent because they're like, "Ah, I look, I look fine." Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. not trying to get on a stage, at. Yeah, you know. Well, let me, let me, let me. I'm gonna, I want to show you two videos. We're gonna to react to Alex Hermosi's diet, and then I want to show you this video, and then we're gonna to go to some questions from the chat in our exclusive Patreon segment. Mm -hmm. um, so this is an influencer named James Smith, and and he uh, gets into this is a video called "This Is Why You Don't Have a Six Pack." Mm. Okay, mm -hmm. and I wanted to I I wanted to tell you my motivation for this and, and maybe the spiritual implication of it. Sure, but uh, let me let me play this for you and then um, tell me if you need me to turn it up. That more often than not explains. The yeah, hold on, let me turn this up a little bit. Okay, cool. So I'm gonna fast. Yeah, I'm play right here. Lack of motivation we often face. In the back of all of our minds, we have these dreamboat physiques of what we would aspire to potentially maybe maybe look like one day, although we know deep down in our subconscious we wouldn't. We've got the Mike Thurston, dreamy guy, the Matt Does Fitness, we've got Alex Hormozy even, and again, Chris Williamson. And I, you know, I'm not going to discredit you. If you're willing to do the work, you could get those physiques as long as your training and nutrition was dialed up to 10 out of 10. And throughout my whole life, I've been positioned with this question. James, are you willing to do the work to have these kinds of physiques? And my answer is no, I'm not. I'm not. It took me 10 years to figure this out, but I'm not willing to do the work. You know, I wanted to play rugby for England when I was younger. I would have done anything apart from get fit and not get pissed three times a week. My aspirations were playing international. 
I'm not going to give up living the best years of my life to do so. And then I realized my physique and probably my work life are probably a bit closer together than I'd imagine. I'm willing to work for four or five hours a day really hard, but not really anymore, even if it meant more money. And you'll know I love jujitsu. I train six to eight hours of jujitsu a week, but am I willing to go compete every weekend? Absolutely not. I'm just not. I just don't want to. And I suppose I've probably done the maths in this respect. This is the only way I can explain it. If I was to double the amount I worked and double the amount of money I'd made or even tripled it in that time, would my life change? Yeah, my house would be a bit bigger. You know, I'd probably go from business class to first class on a plane, but either way, I'm still laying down. I've still got to sit in the airport for two hours beforehand. Still got to go through the same immigration queue. The flight isn't quicker because I sat in a different part of the plane. So so he he basically is just saying people don't get to that elite level with their fitness because at the end of the day, the sacrifice is not worth the reward right and so he's gonna watch 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 this let's see i think this is the last part right here all that extra effort for not that much change in my lifestyle does that make sense so when you start doing the maths of the amount more effort and sacrifice you'd have you know less chocolate less meals more hunger more emotional trauma from going to the fridge and realizing you're not allowed to eat food for what the leanness to have a six pack and show it off cool but if you do the maths of how often you've got your top off it's not a good deal and let's look at it this way. The majority of men, the dream is to find a good woman. Every player will quit the game for the right woman. Fact. Settle down, have a family, have kids. The abs might help attract her, but they also might not. Because a lot of women see a ripped six pack and go, wow, that guy is nothing like me because I like to have sushi and a glass of red wine on a first date. And this guy's going to bring Tupperware and broccoli. But when you do find them, <laughs> you're probably going to relax a bit because those social occasions of foods and things you like to eat and drink and you're going to do with that person. And let's be honest with ourselves. The majority of these physique aspirations we have is to impress other men, not women. Same mm. reason we have Rolexes and we buy an AP. I bought an AP not to impress women. I did it to impress other guys. So when I'm skateboarding into the city center, there's a guy in a fucking suit on his way into the city and he sees an AP. I want him to go, what the fuck does that guy do? I'm looking to impress other dudes. <laughs> and we're doing the same with our pecs and our abs. We're just wandering around the gym trying to be alphas. So one of the biggest reasons that a lot of you watching this don't have abs or a six pack or a chiseled physique isn't your genetics or epigenetics or the environment or plastics in your water. It's that you deep down don't really want it enough. I don't think anyone's ever telling you this, but the time and the effort that really is required, you just don't want it enough because it has to be a balance. A bit like work-life balance. You can't stray too far to the edge of perfection. You've got that wanker online, Brian Johnson, trying to live to 200. <laughs> He's taking 100 pills a day. The guy in a bid to live forever isn't living right now. For so many of you, you'll be disappointed with the progress you're not making and sit back and really ask yourself, what benefit would a six pack really attribute to life? The answer, not a lot. And the harsh reality that I came to realize is that giving up 80% of things that make me happy on a weekly basis for an eight kilogram change in body weight isn't a good deal. That's not body positivity. It's not fat acceptance. It's not promoting obesity. I'm just saying, if you're real with yourself, the idealism of attributing 10 out of 10 effort to diet and training, it's never gonna happen. I love training. I'm probably up there on the training front, but the diet, I'm probably only halfway there. And it's the exact same reason I don't work all day every day. It's the exact same reason I leave money on the table in business. Cause you gotta live your life. And me being leaner or having a fucking six pack isn't gonna change the things that make me happy on a daily basis. And I don't think they're gonna change the things that make you happy on a daily basis. And I just don't know why no one ever told you that before. All right. So so I saw that and I was like, man, that makes a lot of sense. But this is my logic. And you tell me what you think you can push back on this. I want to be in elite level shape because it's a game of doing something so hard that so few people do that if I can do that, then I can do just about anything else out there. So it just becomes a benchmark of doing things that the average person doesn't want to do. Mm -hmm. Not to impress other dudes. I really don't care. Not to uh, imp impress my wife. She's already my wife. We're already great. But to confirm to myself that like I can go the extra mile and get to a place that so few people get to 
And now that I have the tools in my repertoire, I, I don't have to do it in this like completely deprive yourself of any joy, <laughs> you know, uh, of of doing that. Not to be uh, stage ready. I don't even plan to. I wouldn't do any type of uh, bodybuilding bodybuilding comes. Right. I think mm -hmm. I want to get to a level of you know. I think the leanest I ever got was like eleven percent body fat. Mm -hmm. um, I want to get to that level because so few people can get to that level mm -hmm. that it just becomes a game that I've done something that so few people can do and I can do it in still 80-20. Right. You know what I mean? That That's my life. I want to hear what you, what, what, what's your thoughts on that video and, and, and my logic to all of that. Yeah, so I want to touch on some of the things that he said. And this guy, I mean, he makes a lot of valid points, right? <clears throat> um, I mean, he made me laugh because he, he talked about his wife and you know, I impress my wife more when I empty out the dishwasher than I, when I walk around sure. without a shirt. Right. Yeah. So I've, I've learned that. Right. Um, he's, he's strictly talking about an aesthetic destination. And I always tell people, if that is your main goal, you will fail mm. and you will not sustain it. Mm -hmm. But when your goal, maybe as a mom is to leave a legacy, a healthy legacy for your kids, come on, then that will last. Yeah. Right. When as a male, your goal is to push and create another lever in life. Mm -hmm then that's very motivating mm -hmm. because you realize, you know what, if I can push through this pain and pain is pain. Mm -hmm. So what the beautiful thing about exercise is that when you exercise and you mm -hmm. put your body through pain, you mm -hmm. teach yourself how to suffer. Mm -hmm. And those that can suffer longer do better than those that don't. Come on. Yeah. So it's a huge motivation lever mm -hmm. uh, for all areas of our life. It helps us expand. Mm -hmm. um, you look at um, you know, if you've ever read Meditations of Marcus Aurelius, he was huge on exercise. Mm -hmm. It was one of his pillars, mm. right? Now, you know, he, we, we can disagree on a lot of things with, with him, but the truth is that, that he was a person that was interested mm -hmm. in, in living at the top. He was a high-functioning human being. Sure. I believe that a high-functioning human being that can tame his hunger, activate his physiology, can crush anything in life. Mm -hmm. Because one of the most tangible ways getting better is activating your physiology and taming your hunger. Mm -hmm. Now, with that being said, I'm a Christian, right? I believe in grace, faith in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I know that that is the number one thing. But from my experience, when people tell me, JT, because I've only been a Christian for 13, 14 years, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and I came on board and learned and devoured the Bible and you know, and, and do it every single day. How do you do that? Yep. I can do that because I know how to be disciplined. And I know how to apply myself. Guess what taught me that? Faith. Exercise. Yeah. Exercise taught me yeah. discipline. Mm. So when I understood the importance. It was the opposite for me. Right. It was the faith aspect taught me right. exercise. But, but look at your background, right? Yeah. You didn't, you didn't you, look at my background and look at your right. background. Different. Yeah. So we have a tendency to go for our strengths. Yeah. And from our strengths, we tackle our weaknesses. That's good. So, <clears throat> my strength was physiology. Uh -huh. So I was like, wait a second. I know that if I'm consistently showing up every day at the gym, I'm going to get some results. Mm -hmm. So I showed up consistently to read my Bible every day. I've mm -hmm. never put it down. I take my Bible everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. I don't care if I have to leave clothes out because it doesn't fit in the back. I have to bring my Bible. It's good. Right. And sometimes I read the same thing over and over and over again, mm -hmm. but I understand that principle. That principle was learned through physiology and taming my hunger. Mm -hmm. Right. I remember once being in, in, uh, this was a church back in Tampa and everyone was going through a fast and everyone was complaining. Mm -hmm. The very first time I fasted as a Christian, I, I, I fasted until I got cramps in my legs and I couldn't walk anymore. Jeez. Right. And the reason I did that was because I knew I, I had the ability to really focus and discipline myself and tame my hunger. Yeah. I did it for full three days, water, Yeah. nothing else. Yeah. Right. 
and I stopped because my legs were cramping. Yeah. But not because I was hungry. It's good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that deeper motivator, I think, is I don't know. I think it's to unlock. I think I love what you said about legacy. One of the things I joke about is I said, I, I want I want my son, I want my eight year old to see me as a superhero. One hundred percent. Not as a sloppy dude with a beer belly and I don't even drink beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> I'll tell you, you know, I have a three year old and a seven year old, and I have a jungle gym in the back of my house, and I have a gym in inside of my studio. And I intentionally, intentionally train at a time where my daughters can see me, mm-hmm. right? Because I want them to grow up understanding the importance of, of taking care of your temple from a stewardship perspective. Yep. So we have a lot of these conversations. Daddy, why do you train so much? Mm-hmm. Daddy, I want to be strong like you. Mm. And I always, always bring it back. And I'm like, the number one thing you need to be strong in is your faith. Mm-hmm. Because from there, everything else will work. Come on. I say the reason you see me out there every day is because this goes way beyond looking a certain way, right? I truly believe that as a, as a, as a, as a Christian, and as if I claim to have the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead within me, mm-hmm. then I have to have self-control, and whatever I tackle, I have to tackle with excellence. Good. I can't say that I have the spirit of God living in me. Now, we all fall short. It's not, it's not that I don't fall short and I don't do things. I still have a lot of places where I can grow. Yeah. But man, to the best of my ability, I want to show up and, and I want to look different and I want to act different. And I don't want to have to say I'm a Christian. I want to show that with my actions and the way I live. Yeah, that's good. Let me jump into this Alex Ramosi clip. You know Alex a bit. Um, this is his diet revealed. All right, so uh, let's check this out. Virtually every night for 20 years, I have never skipped dessert. And I've been able to maintain a six-pack for that entire period of time. I have done a lot of different diet keto stuff. I've done high carb, I've done low carb, I've done high fat, I've done intermittent fasting, alternate day fasting, carnivore style eating, whatever. The last 10 years, I've pretty much eaten the exact same way. Be able to have business dinners, be able to have drinks. Many of the entrepreneurs that I know who've seen me eat and been around me a long time end up adopting this and they never go back. What I'm not saying is this is the most scientifically researched whatever. I'm just sharing work for me. If something works for you, just keep doing that. Number one is you have to figure out what your goal is. You're trying to so his whole thing here is that he has dessert every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want uh, to- am I gonna am I gonna address the elephant in the room here with yeah. Alex <laughs> or Mosey? Yeah. Uh, it is it is alleged and rumored that uh you know there's some other things going on in terms of his physiology and those other things uh, create uh, faster nutrient absorption. Yeah. For uh, the extra things that are being incorporated into his uh, repertoire of stuff. Yeah. So, yes, I definitely want to dig into this, but I want to preface the conversation with this. I have a lot of respect for that man. He's brought a lot of great things to our business. I was, yeah. I was one of, I was a gym lord yep. with him. Uh, I still to this day use a lot of his things. On the way here, I actually read the entire book. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> $100 million offers. Yep. Yeah. I yep. read the entire thing in, in my, in my five hour trip here. Yep. So I love everything he's doing. First of all, I think we need to mention the fact that he is he's an outlier, right? He's 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 a brilliant man. He's he's a disciplined guy. <clears throat> um, he's a guy who when he works out, he probably burns twelve or fifteen hundred calories. Mm-hmm. So he he intentionally creates a deficit that way. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have to diet like most people have to diet. Yep. And then we can't bas- bypass the idea, and he's a pretty honest guy. That you know, there's there's. There's some chemicals involved. Has right? he been, has he opened up about that? No, but he's he's. I mean, one of his things is to be very straightforward and tell yeah. you to your face. And yeah. I'm sure if you I'm asked sh- him, I'm shocked no one's asked. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people have asked him. Yeah, and and you know he's he, he has an extensive vocabulary and a lot of ways to go around in circles and and answer the question without answering it. Yeah. But I mean, 
I've been in the industry long enough. Those arms are not from spinach. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right, let me play the rest of this video. You get bigger, you're trying to get smaller. From there, you start at number seven all the way up to 21. My videographers will put it right here, seven to 21. And every three, you go from extreme weight loss to moderate weight loss to maintenance to moderate weight gain to extreme weight gain. All you have to do is multiply your body weight. So I'm gonna use 200 pounds as my average because it's easy with math. So let's say I'm a 200 pound guy and I wanna get leaner. I'm gonna go to moderate cut, which is the second from the bottom here of these three, which you've got 10, 11, 12. And I'm gonna say 10, because it's easy math. And so I'm gonna multiply 200, which is my weight, times 10, which is this coefficient, which gives me, drum roll please, 2,000 calories, all right? Now, if you're like, doesn't it change? What about my exercise? And what if I have a physical job? Doesn't really matter. If you lose too much weight too fast, go to 11. You can adjust it. We've got 2,000 calories. Great. Here's step three. You multiply your weight, 200 pounds again, you multiply it by one, really hard math, means 200 grams of protein. Some of the science nerds are gonna be like, you can only metabolize 0.7 grams per, don't give a shit. Every pound of lean meat, <laughs> white fish, ground turkey breast, 96 four ground beef, shrimp, whatever. A pound is 100 grams of protein. So if you need 200 grams, you need two pounds. And that's if you exclusively ate meat. I can eat over my one gram per pound. <gasps> I like eating protein. It fills me up, I feel good on it. That's why I do it. If you don't eat as much, don't. Now we're back to the math. This is the last math equation. I like, I like that part. I like the simplicity of get two pounds of you know meat a day. Yeah. Super simple, 100 grams of protein per your ideal body weight. I think all that stuff is great. And and we and you did that. We did that in your program with 24 ounces of uh, lean meat every day, three ounce. I mean, eight ounces three times a day. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> I think we also need to address the fact that um, that long term is not the healthiest thing to do. That much protein is not healthy. Well, here's the thing, right? So your digestive enzymes as time goes by and you get older mm -hmm. start to their functionality starts to decrease okay right so you don't have the same ability to metabolize like you do in your 20s and 30s and when you're 40 and 50 okay right so this is not sustainable long term now going back to my experience with Alex if you see Alex is 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 uh you know change his dramatic change in his physique mm -hmm. when i was in um uh, gym launch mm -hmm. and i was one of his gym lords i used to have all his videos right mm -hmm. watching all his videos. he was a normal looking guy he yeah. lifted weights but he looked very normal yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden, probably about four or five years ago, he transformed. Mm -hmm. Right. He looks at one of the things I always used to mention in his videos inside of gym launch, they weren't well produced. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was a big thing for me because I was like, man, I'm paying all this money to be here. These, sure. these aren't the information was there. They just weren't well produced. Sure. He would always have this. Um, he would always burp in his videos. Interesting. Right. He always okay. had this this reflux. Okay. Right? <laughs> which which. Which is really, really um, popular with bodybuilders that are constantly taxing their digestive system. Interesting. Right? So I can tell you can look at this and, and I mean, look at Dr. Fung will tell you that a person that is constantly taxing their digestive system will not live long. Mm, interesting. So, so your issue is this is too much protein for most people? This is something he can do now. I mean, think of it. Alex is in his 30s. Yeah. He's young. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's if he continues to eat like that. In terms of the protein, just the protein alone, you think it's too much protein? I, I think that the levels of protein are pretty high. Okay. He's metabolizing them well because I'm presupposing that he's on some chemicals. Sure. That when you're on that stuff, you burn through food. So how many pro, how many grams of protein or ounces would you recommend a day for an average guy like me, 170 pounds, I want to you know get a little leaner. And so I'm having, I don't know, I'm usually having about 170 grams of protein a day. So the... 
knee jerk response is 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 a pound of protein per per uh, per pound of weight. Mm-hmm. This is what they're telling you. If you want a gain. gram of protein, yeah. yeah. If you want to gain muscle, sure, right. So if you're 170 pounds, 170 grams, grams of protein, protein right? which is not too far from what he's saying. Right, right. I mean, what he's saying is is fine. Yeah, right. We're not. We're, I'm not arguing with what he's saying. It's uh-huh. what he's saying is true. He's yeah. very knowledgeable about nutrition. Um, that's how he started making money. Right, yeah. creating plans for people. Yep. So <clears throat> the problem is we're talking about health and long term health. Right, I promise you that the way he's eating now, yeah. he will not be eating that way at forty-five and fifty. Got you. Right. Yeah. He's gonna. Things are gonna have to change. Yeah. Things are gonna have to change. Look at Arnold. But, yeah. True. Look at but Arnold. Potentially, the amount of protein he's eating may have to decrease. Yeah. I mean, he's not. He's not gonna be able to metabolize it. He's gonna start having digestive issues. Yeah. Maybe. Um. Uh. You know, some some um. What is this? Uh. Gout and all these different things that come. Uh. From wow. from inflammatory foods. Right. And so you see that a lot of these bodybuilders and listen, I don't advocate one thing or the other. I'm not dogmatic about nutrition. I have vegans, vegetarians that come on my program. Mm -hmm. We adjust them. We help them. They lose weight. They look great. Mm -hmm. But but the truth is that as you get older, right, you need to really, really start thinking about what makes me feel good and not what makes me look good. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. He's very much about his aesthetic destination. Mm -hmm. He wants to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. Right. He's always said it. Alex has a lot of challenges that he's overcome, but he's still, um, you know, he he has this desire to to look a certain way and be perceived a certain way, which he's mentioned that bothers him. Yeah, he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to be that way. Yeah, and so I think his physique for him is a is a big point of certainty. Yeah, and of control and power. Yeah, and it's like I'm the alpha male in the room, mm. and there will come a point where he'll have to stop eating that way and doing what he's doing. Yeah, let me play some, some more of this. That's, that's very fascinating. We have 2,000 calories, and we know we have to eat 200 grams of protein. All you have to do is figure out what two pounds of meat you want to eat or where you want to get your 200 grams of protein from and figure out how many calories are in that thing. These two pounds of meat are both turkey. I eat turkey for both meals. Crazy. These are both 560. I know that that's 1120. That's how many calories I have of protein that I eat in my day. So I subtract my calories associated with those meals from my 2,000 in this example, and I would have 880 calories left over. Those 880 calories, here's the magic of how this works. You can do whatever you want. If you need to go out to a business dinner, you want to have drinks, cool. Well, cocktail's probably 150 calories. Have two of those and have a 500 calorie meal of whatever you want. Because again, you've already got your protein. You could just stay at home and have an entire pint of ice cream that's 880 calories. Or now, now here's the thing with this is there's no way I would be able to just have uh, me speaking for me. I I couldn't do that. It would it would it would be I would want some carbs and then I don't know like like my wife can have like just a little bit of ice cream. I don't know. I don't. I can't do that. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to want the extra, and then I'm going to crave it more and more and more. And that's, so I, I think that's the part maybe he's not factoring in. Is as, as I, I don't know how many people can have just the exact amount of calories in said thing. He's talking for himself because he's very disciplined and he can do that. The yeah. vast majority of people can't do that right. for an extended period of time. The other thing is. What he's not considering is the fact that he's always going to be addicted to sugar, mm. right? He's never going to get over that. He might be okay with it because he, you know, he'll say, well, I, you know, I'm getting the food I want. I, I'm doing what I want. I can have the drinks. I can have the meals. And that's more important to me than actually getting over the addiction. For most people, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. For most people, most people are interested in kicking the addiction. Absolutely. Controlling it, being able to eat healthy and still be able to enjoy it from time to time. Because yeah. it's actually more enjoyable when you do it from time to time. Yep. That's good. We play the rest of this. These cookies is probably 400 calories. You can have two of them. And that could be your- See, I'm not having two cookies, man. I, there's no way I'm ever having just two cookies. Here. We're having minimal six cookies. Minimal six. <laughs> so Dr. Pullmutter, that wrote the, the book uh, Grain Brain, uh-huh. 
says that when you eat something that doesn't agree with your stomach, you get a stomach ache. When you eat something that doesn't agree with your brain, your brain doesn't shoot off a signal and you continue right. to do it until you put holes in your brain. Yeah. That's the reason most Americans have cognitive issues after the age of 60. Sheesh. It's based on their diets yeah. that are high in sugar, yep. aka carbohydrates, aka desserts. Yep. Yeah. Your dinner. And mind you, that's with a cut. That's with me trying to lose a pretty significant amount of weight. Now I actually maintain, because we're going to this third chunk, right? <laughs> in this in this uh, 13 to 15 chunk, if I multiply my body weight, I'm more than 200, but let's just say it's 200 for math's sake, times 15, 3,000 calories. So I would have an extra thousand calories on top of that thousand if I did that same thing. Instead of having two of these cookies, I could have like five of these cookies <laughs> for dinner, or I could have two of these bites and still have some food. I eat the same breakfast and lunch every day. I start my day with, let's call it a 200 calorie bar. You call it a brownie. It doesn't matter. I'm traveling. I might not have this with me. I'll grab a Quest bar at the airport, right? 200 calories and 20 grams of protein. One of those bars. And then I have a shake and this is 30 grams of protein and 160 calories. I'm in for 360 calories for my breakfast. I got 50 grams of protein knocked down already. Then I go to my lunch. I have a pound of turkey, which we already know is 560. And I actually only eat half of one of these guys. One cup of rice. I now have 150 grams of protein and 1140 in terms of calories that I've eaten so far. Mind you, I have 3,000 calories you just maintain. All right, not bad. So now I go to dinner. Dinner is the big flex meal for me. Now I also <laughs> tend to eat a pound of protein a day. Do I need to? Absolutely not. Do I want to? Absolutely. I love eating protein. I feel good when I eat meat. If you did it, let's say you were 150 pounds and you'd already eaten 150 grams of protein at this point, your entire dinner could be whatever you want. Pretty cool, all right? As long as it equaled out to the total amount of calories you want. And I do this also because then I'm full. If I just eat cookies, I'm just not full. And this is based on a presupposition that all calories are built the same and they're not. They're not. And all calories built the same at the same time of day, mm -hmm. they're not. They're not. The, 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 way some, the way this would sit at me at night is going to be different than the way this sits at me uh, after I go do cardio. Let this blow your mind. Your performance will be radically different. Mm. So I see a guy like this, like he, obviously we can't argue that, you know, he's, he's a high performer and what he does, he does well. Yep. I wonder what would happen if he actually cleaned up his diet and he didn't do that, how much better he would perform. Mm. Because <clears throat> when you think of like, okay, take, take a, a Kit Kat bar, mm -hmm. right? Let's just call it 600 calories, mm -hmm. right? Let's just say a Kit Kat bar big enough to have 600 calories. Mm -hmm. You put that side by side by, uh, with a, with a lean piece of, let's call it, um, uh, Sirloin steak, mm -hmm. right? 600 sirloin steak, 600 Kit Kat. Mm -hmm. The way those two 600 calories totally. are absorbed yeah. are radically different, yeah. Yeah. right? The insulin, I mean, according to Alex Hermosi, though, it's the same. It's just 600 calories. And, and every other macro counter will, <laughs> will tell you that, right? Every other macro counter will tell you that. As long as you get your macros right, nothing yeah. else matters. Yeah. Okay. That's if you want to look a certain way, but yeah. not perform a certain way. Mm, that's good. This has worked for a very long time. I actually had a couple of guys stop me and say, dude, you made this nutrition video and like I lost 50 pounds using it. Like, thanks so much. I get a bunch of DMs about this stuff. And so this is really what I eat every day. So we're like, where's your greens? I have a multivitamin and I continue to stay alive. And guys, I've stayed away from fitness stuff mostly because like there's all these armchair debates and like, I just don't care. If you want, I can do a part two on how I train as an entrepreneur. It's different than if you were like a pro bodybuilder or a strongman or a powerlifter or Olympic lifter or just a normal gym rat. I can make that a second video, put it in the comments. If not, just enjoy this one. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I, I wanted to show you that because he's he's kind of known for this, you know, just eat, eat eat two pounds of meat a day and everything. I I don't think this would ever work for me. I would probably feel terrible um, doing this. And I surprisingly like leafy greens and mm. broccoli now. That's good. You know, that's good. <laughs> Throw some broccoli in an air fryer, a little bit of uh, primal kitchen um, sauce. Yeah, feel amazing. You acquired the taste. Yeah, game changer. Yeah. So anyway, would you, uh, any final thoughts on that before we move on to some of these questions? Yeah, I mean, these 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 videos where you can teach people how to do things fast. I mean, I just read his book and, and that's the premise of it. <clears throat> you know, make it seem accessible, make it easy, make it quick, and people will buy it, yeah. right? 
Um, I'm more interested in doing the work yeah. because I know long-term it's, 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 you know, I just turned 45 and, uh, I'll probably be doing exactly what I'm doing now, the way I train, the way I eat until the day the Lord calls me. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. Uh, guys, we're going to go over to our Patreon exclusive. I'm going to see if I can get some more secrets out of JT in terms of how to make this process faster. And we're going to be answering some questions within our community as well. Hey, if you want to see the extended version of this podcast completely unedited, consider partnering with us in our online community for as little as $5 a month. In exchange, you get access to these podcasts as we stream them live before anyone else gets to see them. You get access to the replay of our daily after-party streams, access to our private Discord server, access to discount codes, and so much more. So help us continue conceptualizing the gospel through media, podcasting, and YouTube, and partner with us for as little as $5 a month. Also, be sure to follow us on the Spotify podcast app, on Facebook, and on Instagram. We're constantly posting content there that I think you'll find extremely valuable. All right? I'll see you over there. Peace.